welcome to Scott and Paul Verman Podcast. Yo. Scott and Clive here, joined as always, my good friend and co-host, Paul Verman. Once again, yo. yo. And we're back again uh, for, it feels like a wee while since we've been in Fraser. I don't want to see how long because I can't remember specifically. It, it, it has been a while, but today we are doing not one, not two, not three, but four mm. episodes from the great season six. Yes, we're getting into the latter stages of season six, and I think there's actually some really good stuff, not some stuff that gets for episodes that may not get talked about as much in the latter really half is. of season six. Particularly in uh, one of the particular episodes we're doing today, we get to see something that is rarely seen in Frasier, which is mm-hmm. the slapstick side of David Hyde Pierce's mm-hmm. comedy. Because he, he's known predominantly as a theatre and Broadway actor, as yeah. A lot of people may know if you're a big fan of Frasier and all the like, actors that are in Frasier. Tony Award winning, that <laughs> Tony Award winning, yes. But he has a great, he has a great knack for slapstick. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, the episode that episode is very hard to take notes for because a lot of it is, especially in, in David A. Pierce's section, is all physical stuff. Yeah, it's hard to take notes for, but you you just you just have to appreciate the comedy, I suppose, is the way to put it. I can't remember how, how long ago it was since we last did Fraser Vado. And this today's as they say in one of these episodes, and today's high fast fast high pace by <laughs> precious society. You know, we can forget how long time has passed. We've been focusing on the wrestling recently. I I, I I apart from the wrestling and Fraser we're doing today, I've mostly been watching a those uh, try not to laugh instant yeah. regret videos. <laughs> you know? I've seen one that made me chuckle quite Quite a lot. It was a woman. She was. She had one of those pizza ovens, mm-hmm. and she was going to slide the pizza in. Uh-huh. <laughs> she goes up to the oven, right, and she does the thing with the, you know the big paddle with the pizza. <laughs> she goes like that. <laughs> the pizza stays all the toppings fly into the oven. <laughs> <laughs> you know? She just and the whole top where pizza goes in. The pe- fucking base is still on the paddle. <laughs> And I was like, Come to the table, dang. Like, I've got you some toast. Yeah. <laughs> round, big round toast. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I mean, I've been about too much other than really working in that, but I, I said to you I was not going really having the best time with my work at the minute, and I forgot to mention that today we were recording this on the 1st of April, which is actually the one year anniversary of when I started this job. Jeez, happy, April Fools! Happy motherfucking anniversary to me! Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, I I see we're not done Fraser. I mean, we're not done what we're doing with each other in reviewing episodes. We did that first episode a couple weeks ago, where I had the the, the last of episodes of the Fraser like perfect season of Fraser that I put together, and we, we yeah. went through and critiqued yeah. and why I. Why I chose each episode? Do you know, Scott? I thought that was a that was a good system you had there. It was Thank a good you. setup. I think you did good. It was a good. It was a good. I did good by stealing it from someone else who I still can't remember who it was. I took it from. Well, you probably done it better. Yeah. You know what they say: the last, uh, last original idea died of loneliness. <laughs> and to prove for the proof of that point, I didn't even come up with that. I stole that from Jim Ross. Your old Jr. said that. Hey, I'm waiting for a WrestleMania 38 because I'm waiting for the Iron Sheik to show up like Bobby Heenan said. Yeah, I'm hopeful. I mean, it's unlikely, but, you know, we can, we can, you can hope. The Sheik turns up with a Money in the Bank briefcase and wins the unified title. <laughs> if he ever gets to the ring, he might get there by WrestleMania 40. Just shows up. 
Fuck, fuck the Brock Lesnar. He'll just show up and go, fuck Hulk Hogan. Fuck him, fuck him. And fuck Vince McMahon, fuck everyone. I compete in this, this mania, this title unification match. No, you can't. Fuck you, I make you humble. Cheek, you can't walk. <laughs> Come on, man. You can't take bumps, that's why you had to win the Battle Royal in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> and they wonder, he was in, I always think, geez, how bad shit could he have been in? We we watched Heroes of Wrestling, which was two years before that Battle Royal. We know firsthand just how bad this shit be was in. Oh, God, let's not talk of Heroes of Wrestling. I'm just saying, as an example, just how bad shit. And that was in. That was at the start of this century. How bad a shape is he fucking in? He was in worse shape than Yoko. (laughs) And that's saying something, (laughs) Mr. 900 Pounds. What the hell? Jesus. They made the fucking bushwhackers look like something out of the cruiserweight division. That's how immobile him and and Volkov were at the time. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, making the the bushwhackers look good after what Vince had done to him. Jesus. (laughs) They couldn't even be the sheep pearls in that show. They just had to be formerly the bushwhackers looking Yeah, rich. yeah. Formerly the bushwhackers, yeah. I heard a rumour apparently they were... It's a mystery rumor, I don't know how valid it was, but at one point in the mid-90s they were talking about bringing them into WCW and calling them, like, the men from down under. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, listen, it's Is enough wrestling. Would, would they have done a, a six-on-six with the Renegade? <laughs> you know how... Like, yeah, people like DDP have like a slightly note change version of like like copyright. He's like DDP had like the Nirvana one, just a few notes changed of uh, the the men from men at work song down men down under, and that's where they'd commit to. I can't see them coming out to funky flute music. <laughs> How do you know if you never see them do it? I can't see it. I don't want to see it. Mm. Well, thankfully you never had to see it. Yeah. I was like, good old WCW and their wild ideas. Oh, you WCW, oh, what are you, you like? Bash off, you fud. <laughs> what do you come up with next? <laughs> what? Renegade? <laughs> oh, for Christ's sake. What? Hogan Warrior 2? <laughs> you want you want them to burn the... No, Hogan, you're not supposed to burn your own face. <laughs> Fuck's sake, don't... Your moustache, man. Teddy, where the fuck have your eyebrows gone? <laughs> <laughs> N-W-O-O-W-N <laughs> One Warrior Nation For all five minutes Yeah, I remember OSW perfectly summed up Like him recruiting the disciple Becoming the second member of the One Warrior Nation Is just as impressive as being the second member Of the One Man Gang Yeah, yeah <laughs> I mean, Or like that, that movie that I quite like Airheads mm-hmm. So what? what's the name of your group? Lone Rangers? <laughs> How can you be lone? <laughs> what do you mean? Well, there's three of you. You're not exactly lone, are you? It's a clear bit of wrestling chat for the Star of Frasier podcast, but trust me, next week we'll be talking about Impact and all the stuff that went around WrestleMania weekend, so there's plenty of wrestling for you then. Yeah. But, well, the reason we're doing four is because the first episode we're going to talk about, we were meant to do it along with two other episodes last we, time. We didn't do it. No, we, we talked too much. Yeah. As we are prone to do. So we'll just we'll just run through it quick. We'll say, this episode, good. That one, good. Next one, good. Mm-hmm. Fourth one, all right. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. So I think even though, you know, we're only seven, so usually we ramble along a bit more before we get started, but I think we'll just get into it now. I think we should, yes. I think we should. This is episode 13 of season six that we're getting to, the show where Woody shows up. Now, obviously, we're no strangers to... 
Two people from Fraser from uh, Cheers showing up in Fraser. Not at all. I Plus, mean, we had Sam showing up, which made sense because Ted Danson was a big star in TV uh, at that time, and also he was one of the main features of, of yeah, yeah. Cheers. Also, like one of the highest paid guys at the time, because I remember I've, I've been making my way through Seinfeld. Never watched Seinfeld, but I'm making my way through it now. I I started watching that. It's not bad. It's all right. It's no Fraser though. No, but like, and the bit I'm at, they're trying. Uh, Jerry and George are trying to write a sitcom and they're trying to get more money from MAC and like I want to be on big money I want to be on Ted Danson money <laughs> anyway, and then you had Chia Long showing up obviously Diane the rest she was at with him and Frasier Frasier had to try and get some closure they never yeah. got between those two and of course Franklin Crane <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean a thing like Franklin Crane I thought for a thing I thought you were talking about what him who got the that him from Maine who got his living brain no no Franklin Oh yes, I know. I know who you're talking about from now, but Diane's wonderful play. They also used the Franklin as in Franklin Crane from Kenny Bunkport. <laughs> yes, the cranes of Maine. I've got your living brain. <laughs> but uh, so those two made sense, and I'm assuming maybe by this point in the early nineties, Woody Harrelson is starting to. <laughs> Sorry. Let's see. Wonder what else it does. Let's see if it protects your head. <laughs> I think I'm sure this is around about the point in the early to the late nineties that. Woody Harrison is starting to break out. Well, he's still on Cheers. No, no he wasn't on Cheers. No. Like, well, I forgot Cheers already finished by then. But, like, this is about where Woody Harrison, I'll say, coming out of Cheers. He was well known for being Woody, but I think he was starting to break out and do more stuff. He's only done films like Natural Born Killers and things well, like think, that. Well, I don't think that had been... Well, actually, it might have been by that point, because I yeah. think that was... But he'd done, like, Natural Born Killers, White Men Can't Jump, yeah. shit like that. Natural Born Killers I liked. Mm-hmm. White men can't jump. I thought it was alright. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've seen a picture of uh, Rosie Perez, I think it was, Woody Harrelson and Wesley Snipes. Mm-hmm. And that, compared to a picture of them at the so-called Oscars the other day, and I thought, God, they look old. <laughs> you know? You can already tell in this episode that Woody's hair is starting to go a little bit, I think. Little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, to be fair, he's still a, a good actor and everything. Like, and he, he seemingly tried to get quite away from like the role of of Woody and his flair film roles. I mean, the most recent thing I seen him in was in that Venom film that he was in. Yeah, I've not seen that yet. Yeah, he was good. He was played the bad. He's he's good at playing a mad bastard, as big Woody. Oh, he is. He is. I mean, that's one kills. Mm-hmm. You seen that? No. Oh, you really need to see. That's great. He's a new the film I talked about in Bruges. One of my favorite films of all time. The director of that film is directed when well, I did two more films that have Woody Harrelson in it, and they're very good. It's got one Seven Psychopaths and mm. three Billboards outside Evan Missouri. Yeah. They're both very good films. I recommend. Do you think you know that movie that I was waxing lyrical about last week? That you said you've seen twice, and now I've seen twice. Yeah, the gentleman. The gentleman. Do you believe that Woody Harrelson could have played that Matthew McConaughey role? I don't know. I'd be interested to see him in that film. I don't know what role he would have played. I don't know if he could have played the role of that Matthew McConaughey. I don't think he quite has the gravitas of a Matthew McConaughey. Maybe not. I mean, these two are good together. I remember they were in that, that show True Detective together. and So many things I haven't seen. Yeah. They, they tried to do a thing with True Detective. They did the first season with these two as like the leads of it, right? And then they tried to do a thing as an anthology thing where like they did a second series with Colin Farrell, Vince Vaughn and people like that in it. Wasn't people didn't like it as much. They did a third season, which by that point nobody remembered. It was even a thing, so nobody watched yeah, it. We did the third season. 
Nobody saw it. No. Because nobody cared. So yeah, the one good season of it had Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson as the leads in it. Quite good. Matthew McConaughey's very dejected and everything, whereas Woody Harrelson's a, a family man who's che- secretly cheating away his missus. Yeah. They did a third season. There was not much rejoicing. Mm. <laughs> yeah. But so, yeah, Woody Harrelson, it makes sense by this point because he's starting to give him a bit more of a, like, a standout in the world of acting outside of Cheers. So makes sense why they'd want to, you know, bring him in to be a cameo. And according, according to what I'm reading here, a four less episode, mm-hmm. uh, Woody Harrelson was nominated for an Emmy yeah, for Outstanding Guest Actor in a Comedy Series. Yes, they do do that when people like me cameo appearances in TV shows. That's a category in the, the Emmys. Yeah. Mm. So we start in uh, Fraser with both. He's on a call over called Audrey. Yeah. And she's like, I don't see why I should have to fix the dumb dress. My sister can't even fit into it anymore. Audrey, you borrowed the dress. You tore it. The old Greek habitation said, Euripides, Eumenides. And he what? Laughed. He's all laughing. Like, yeah. He's like, it's just a little joke on ancient dramatist Eurydice and the mythological furies. What? Just fix the dress. <laughs> we'll be back after the hour. So while they're on a break, Ross comes in and he says, oh, Noel gave me this to give to you. Uh, she's, uh, he's acting so weird lately. Lately? Mayor manages the man who's required by law to stay at least 100 yards from William Shatner. No, I bumped into him at Nervosa about a month ago. There were... No longer free tables, so we sat together, and ever since then, he's been acting like we're some kind of couple. Oh, come on, Roz, I'm sure you know that you're not that interested in him. And then she shows him with the, the gift tag, looks on the gift he got, got her happy month anniversary. Oh, Lord. And she goes by and tells him that they're on the air, and he goes like, oh, and then uh, if you hear Woody Harrison's voice, and how he doesn't know it's Woody, because, like, yeah. Woody spent time with him, but Woody's voice is easy to recognise. How can't you tell? I know. He's like, Dr. Crane, it's Woody. In Seattle, I'm a little lost. Well, Woody, in today's fast-paced, high-pressure society, that's not uncommon. Just exactly what do you feel... Just why do exactly do you feel lost? Well, I've been driving around for an hour. I can't seem to get out of the airport. And then they realize, oh, Woody, Woody. <laughs> oh, well, listeners, this is an old friend of mine from back in Boston. Oh, well, how are you doing there, you old cowpoke? Well, I was doing good, but then this... All of a sudden, this fast-paced, high-pressed society is kind of bumming me out. Yes, well, I have just the cure for left. How about dinner? Sounds great. I've been tired all week. And I'm free all week. That's How's tonight? That's great. So, I hear you're on the radio. Yes, I am, Woody, and so are you. Oh, no, I'm still tending bar cheers. Man, how do these rumors get started? Believe it or not, listeners, Woody and I are picking up right where we left off. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he's he's stupid but lovable as yes, and then as, as they're having the getting on with the show, Noel comes into Rose's booth and Noel's like knock knock. Noel and, and she's like, Do you want to talk to me about the uh, the gift? Like, oh I haven't seen that outfit before. Set your phasers on stunning. <laughs> I need to talk to you, I cannot accept anniversary gifts. Oh I know that. I was just making a little joke. I know we're just friends. I saw this and it made me think of you. Okay, thanks. Oh, if you're not going to open it for a while, you might want to move the ribbon. It's blocking the air holes. Which is uh, <laughs> a dark turn to the end of that scene. And also, you know, she doesn't move the, tag, the tags, so always we don't see her do it. So what happened to whatever was inside of that? I think it, eventually it would have no need for its air holes. Mm. 
so then uh, we have Daphne and Martin in uh, the house and Martin's annoyed because Eddie's looking all slumped over and everything yeah. on the, the couch. Look at Eddie. Something wrong, I'm telling you, there's something wrong with him. She's like, oh, for the love of God, I had to... Not this again. You should never have taken him to those dog groomers. I had to take him. He's done it like Howard Hughes. And he's dressed me like an autopsy. Oh, look at him. We did something to him. Sparkle's gone from his eyes. Yes, and so are those gooey green bits. <laughs> she also mentioned Howard Hughes, for those who didn't know, was a... He like he had a he was a billionaire and everything, but I think he had like OCD or all these different like quirks about him, and he basically lived in. It became a little close. His hair and his nails all grew and everything. Yeah, but like Fraser comes in as the front in the door, and and he's dressed in his sweatshirt and jeans, which is mm-hmm. odd for Fraser. I think weirdly, I think for the first night we they noticed that. We find out later that he and Woody enjoyed talking each other the first night, but the weird enjoyment goes down after that. Yeah, so... But I think what this was was Frasier, just because obviously for this night where he's old pal from back in Boston from what he considers kind of his old life. He's yeah. Kind of, he's kind of more... See, you say that, but I remember watching Cheers and he always wore a smart... He was always smartly dressed in Cheers. But maybe you're just thinking maybe he's trying to go a bit more casual because... You know, a lot of times we see him maybe dressed like that is like at the start of this series when he was, you know, putting weight on and he was out of work. Yeah. But you were saying he come, he opens the door. Yeah, he goes in and he's like, oh, that's probably Woody. I'll get it. Mm-hmm. And oh, then, Miles. I don't know, I have an impromptu, but, you know, it's an impromptu, but I'm going to an obo recital. I thought you might want to join me. Well, I'm sorry, Niles. An old friend of mine came in from out town. I invited him to come over this evening. Well, have enjoyed it. I'm sure we can get three seats together. Ah, oh, well. I'm not sure an oboe recital is what I had in mind. I was thinking of something a little more raucous. I love this one as he goes, well, if, looking, if it's raucous you're looking for, we go to a night, go for a nightcap at that piano bar by the wolf or it's Jerome Kenney. Last time, people were shouting at requests without even raising their hands. <laughs> no, I'm afraid we'll have to pass. Mm. You see, my friend Woody is an old bar chum from back at Cheers. Mm. Well, what I had in mind was really more of a beer swelling, back slapping kind of night, if you know what I mean. You're certainly welcome to join us if you like. Oh, it sounds interesting. All right. Woody. And they hug and everything. And uh, what's interesting here, I don't know if it's a continuity thing, but I just thought I'd point it out. When he meets Martin, he goes, oh, you're a policeman, right? Uh, so I'm assuming that when when Sam went back to Cheers, he told them that, oh, you know, Fraser's dad's not dead and he's a, and he's a cop because remember... Well, when, when, Interestingly, and I'm sorry to cut in, no, no, but the one, the one definite detail I do know about the, the inner workings of the series is that we knew, the makers and producers of the show knew eventually when they were trying to create this whole new uh-huh. entity of Fraser, yeah. as it were, eventually they were going to have to explain, because yeah. basically when they went and moved to <laughs> Seattle, they basically created a, yeah. a backstory of life for him. Yeah. And... Obviously, his dad's a retired Dex cop, mm-hmm. and he has a snooty brother who's a yeah. blah, 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 right? In the series of Cheers, mm-hmm. he had said his dad was a research scientist and he was dead. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, they had to cover over the... They had to cover the cracks, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, we, but we covered that in the, the Sam episode where he mentioned, like, oh, no, he, he said you were dead. We did a fight, I was mad at you. You called me a stuffed shirt and hung up on me. And then he goes, oh, you said you were a research scientist. You were dead, what did it matter? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm assuming Sam went and told them, like, oh, Peter's dad's alive and he's a, uh, and he's a cop and everything, so he brings him in. 
my brings him in. He's like, what is it? Like, hey, Dr. Crane. And Fraser's like, good to see you. You look great. Well, thank you. Thanks. You too. Oh, this place is awesome. He's thank like, you. And he's like, uh, I'm not surprised you need all these roommates to help you pay for it. Ah, uh, they're not really roommates, Woody. Woody, they're, they're more like, well, they're more like boarders, actually. That's my father, Martin. And he goes, oh, you're a policeman, aren't you? That's right. Mm-hmm. And then also he meets Nails and then and definitely he goes, oh, I like your accent. You, you're from England, right? Manchester. Ah, oh, darn, I'm usually pretty good at that. <laughs> and he sees it, he goes, oh, who's this little guy? And then he's like, not, Martin's like, not sure I even know anymore. Yeah, my dad's gonna be the same way. So, Woody, can I get you a beer? Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> you know, all these years I was waiting on you, now you're giving me a beer. You're pretty sure, yes, well, life's like that sometimes, isn't it? Daphne, get us a couple of beers, will you? <laughs> <laughs> He's well, so, like, so what brings you to Seattle? Well, I may mention, uh, <laughs> the thing with Eddie, by the way, I noticed this in a, in a previous episode, I think it was one of the episodes I was watching back to put on my list for for the favorite Fraser season, yeah. right? But I've noticed a couple of things that Eddie does, and I feel like a brick when I say, when I say this list, next thing, but it's true. I'm like, speaking as, as someone who now owns a Jack Russell and hasn't so for about a year or so now, I've started to notice Certainly, Eddie's of Eddie does like I'm like oh Dexter does that I mean yeah. obviously it's different the dog that played play Eddie was as a like a showbiz dog he was yeah yeah this was that was moose moose was he the older one was Moose the older one yeah he Moose he was, was the first Eddie right right the new Eddie that came in last because that was one of his pups like, I think yeah. the puppies that you see in the episode where a woman comes over and the, the whole thing about getting them neutered those were. Mrs. Actual Pups. Stop staring at me! <laughs> I think those were Mrs. Actual, like, Pups. I thought of it was, you know, back in the early season of Frasier, when, you know, I, I really didn't like Daphne. Mm-hmm. Like, when she's walking out, she's like, come on, Basil, I told you not to name them! <laughs> that didn't seem like, like fitting caregivers. He works at the zoo. Well, they had a dark aura. <laughs> well, like, there was something he does, I think, oh, Dexter does that. There's an episode every so often when Dick Van and uh, Eddie comes up on the couch, he does a thing where he puts his paw on somebody, and that's what Dexter does sometimes. Did you ever, when you got him, consider calling him Basil? He does. My dad did joke how the shape of his face looks very fox like, so my dad joking does call him Basil sometimes. That's cool! <laughs> I like it when I say some mental shit that has an air of truth about it. Hmm. Man, apparently that's a thing. That's a good sign when when Doug does like puts its paw on you, like mm. it's same thing. Like it's kind of their way of like clapping you, well rather than you like clapping them. So I get I get that from my mum's dog Jessie a lot of the time. She's like a, a she's a husky collie, trust ah. her. But anytime you're petting her, mm-hmm. like she does that. I don't know if Dexter does this thing, but like you're petting her and petting her, and then if you have the cheek to stop, she'll yeah. go. <laughs> well, Dexter does the thing. Right? Dexter does the thing where, like, he's a delayed reaction where he's like sitting there and I'm clapping the back of his head and my stalk. It takes him a couple of seconds and he just kind of looks around and he's like, "What are you? What are you doing? <laughs> Why'd you stop? I didn't ask you to stop. Why'd you stop? You were. I didn't tell you you were finished. <laughs> also, like the whole thing about Doug going on its back and exposing his belly. Apparently, like if that happened, it shows like a real sign of trust from the Doug because like, uh, that's where they're like, the most vulnerable. There was a time where Dexter was kind of looking at me, he was whinging a wee bit, so I leaned forward, and as soon as I did, he went, 
and rolled on his back, like, <laughs> rub my belly, human. <laughs> anyway, yeah, he's, so he had the bit where he... Here's one I made earlier. <laughs> Yeah, he goes, oh, Scott, you're oh, smoking too much. So what brings you to say? What brings you to say? Oh, my cousin's getting married. Which one's your cousin, the bride or the groom? Actually, both are. Uh, I assume they're kissing cousins. Oh, we're doing a lot more than that. That's why they have to get married. Oh, uh, yeah. Is Kelly with you? No, no. She's visiting her mom with the kids. She sends her love. Uh, and how's the old gang? Oh, we haven't changed much. Sam's doing great. Carla's terrific. And, you know, we almost had a wedding. Mr. Clavin got himself one of those Eastern European mail-order brides. But, uh, we lived together for a couple of days and decided to call off. Oh, I'm first sorry for Cliff. Yeah, she said she was homesick. That Bosnia must be a beautiful <laughs> place. <laughs> and then Daffy comes in with a tray with three beers on it. And goes, there we are. One for you, one for you, and, you in, and one for me. Uh, well, Woody, I thought tonight we'd maybe just stay in, you know, order some pizza. That uh, sounds good. Okay, great. I'll just call the place around the corner. Niles, are you uh, going to join us? Oh, sure. Why not? No. It'd be fun to share, drink some beer, have some pizza with some couple of wrapped scallions. And Woody's like, oh, hey, if you don't mind, can we make like half wrapped scallions, half pepperoni? It's <laughs> 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 weird some of them just looking at each other, just like, for God's sake. <laughs> And then they're all laughing and they're talking about practically like, oh, remember that time, Mr. Clavin? Oh, yes, and the ferret. <laughs> we we shoved it, before he goes on his route, we shoved an angry ferret into his mailbag. Oh, my. Exactly, uh, how do you make a ferret angry? Well, for starters, you shove it into a mailbag. <laughs> God, and then Fraser's like, God, that was funny. Do you remember the expression on his face? Uh, I never saw his face. I was too busy looking at Mr. Clavin. <laughs> <laughs> And Fraser's just like, wait, let me get you another cold one. And I love my, and he goes, man, they're really going through those beers, huh? And, and Daphne, oh yes, to keep this up, she's got a beer in her hand as well. I think that was I'll, I'll eat that, but you, you missed where Fraser's like, my God, I tell you, this has just been the best evening. My God, it's like reliving all my old days of tears, only without Lilith. Boy, that's a trip to Bountiful, let me tell you. Right, I'm worried about them drinking all these beer, but Daffy, I think, as I mentioned, has a beer in hand. She goes, Oh, yes, they keep us up. They have to fish out that emergency scan. You keep breath behind the toilet tank. <laughs> then Fraser comes back in with milk cans. He's like, There you are, Woods. And then he sees the way to leave because, Oh, I'm feeling a little jealous. I think I'm going to call it a night. Well, you know, I probably should, but this was so much fun. I really like to do it again. Oh, yeah, how about lunch tomorrow? Oh, yeah, sounds great. Okay. You know, there's a, there's a very new gourmet Mexican restaurant over near your hotel. I've been waiting to try. It's called Dos Por. Sounds muy delicioso. I didn't know you speak Spanish. Oh, that's nothing. I know uh, dos means two. What does burro mean? Well, oh, same as in English. Jackass. What do you think? He uh, seems afraid. He's like, sorry, just asking. Pretty <laughs> <laughs> easy one, that one. All right. But then, uh, they come in, this is super similar to after lunch, they come in the next day and they see uh, Martin greets them, oh, hey guys, how was lunch? Oh, great, we stole one old story, we stole a hundred. How hey, you doing, little guy? His name's Eddie. Hey, good for you, Mr. Crane, they told Steve Fraser, he's like, we have good days, we have bad days. And then Fraser's like, oh, here's that thing I'll go because I was telling you about and he's, you know. He's like, oh, thanks, take a long night, huh? And he's looking at the picture and he's like, Wow, look at that view. You can see the whole city. It's even better if you turn around. Yeah, he comes with him, but he's still looking at his book, and he's like, God, you're right. This is much better. He just kind of puts his head like, look, I've got a fucking balcony. Look at the fucking view. Yeah, he's like, oh, you mind if I go up there? No, no, go ahead. 
Yeah, he's like, remember the time we went out on the balcony of Melville's and threw pudding? Uh, and features, uh, knowing what you, what you know from the next uh, thing, you, see, you tell how put on this laugh is. He goes, oh, I don't think I ever laughed harder than my entire life. And he goes in the kitchen, Martha, put a bullet in my head. What's going on? Oh, God, I have absolutely nothing in common with this man except for things that happened ten years ago. But I thought you had fun last night. Oh, well, yes, was it? Exactly the same fun this afternoon. Yeah, wasn't nearly as fun. Same stories, variations there for me, forced to let over and over again. I swear, if I never get another shoulder, Mickey, I will die a happy man. Martin's like, ah, oh, don't feel bad. You had a good friend. You've shown him a nice time, and now all he's left to do is go in there and tell him goodbye. Yes, I guess when it's all said and done, because when it's all over, I've learned a valuable lesson. Sometimes you ha- can't have too much of a good thing. You know, say the past is the past. You know, you can never go home again. Less is more. Wish you started with that last one. <laughs> and then, he tries to get across that he wants, you know, a male even this is the end. He goes, well, I guess this is all. Oh, yeah, hey. They go, oh, it's, you know, it's been great seeing you. He's like, come on. He's like, come on, give me a good hug, ah. Huh? Now, you got to promise you're going to give my love to everybody back at the bar. Oh, I will. And, uh... Give that beautiful wife of yours and those two kids a kiss from Uncle Fraser. You got it. Now, don't be a stranger, okay? Uh, no, I will. He just says, I do. So where are we going for dinner tonight? <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, he meets... Rachel meets Nails and, uh... uh Captain Mary Wolf. So he goes, Oh, Fraser, I to see you that Woody and Joe. You off teasing the ferrets? <laughs> He's like, uh... He's like, nah, <laughs> I've been having such a great time with Woody. I was wondering, you know, maybe tonight you'd like to join us. We plan to go out, and Mayo's like, you can save it. Dad brought down this speed with your union of the damned. He's like, I'd love to have you, but you're on your own. No, 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 please, not as really. I'm desperate. Do you have any idea how difficult it is to feign interest in the same old stories over and over again? And you call yourself a psychiatrist? You wouldn't last a week in private practice. Oh. And then, all this, uh, speaking of which, my six o'clock is waiting at that same point. The waiter goes, Triple Express, to go, thank you. He's like, he's got a very boring uh, uh, appointment. Fraser's like, Niles, please, please, I need you. It's going to be an excruciating journey into. Oh. Russ. Hey, you know what? Are you up for a night on the town? That wouldn't be the invitation that Niles just blew off, would it? Oh, all right. Here, please. My old friend Woody is dragging me out again tonight. I could really use a buffer. He's taking me to some god-awful karaoke bar. Are you going to sing? No. Well, well, I'm all for it. Really? You will? Yeah, the baby's third night, but my plans fell through. Karaoke might be fun, and just as Gil walks in, the just... karaoke tonight, I'd love to. Well, Gil, I'm not sure you'd enjoy this. Oh, nonsense. We're going to a place on Pike. I have a locker there where I keep my own microphone and share jackets. <laughs> <laughs> and then Noel comes in, and he's like, hey, guys. Hi, Ross. Hey, no, she's sitting at our table. <laughs> He's like, ooh, is there an office romance brewing? No, Gil, we're just friends, right, now. So, and then Noel's like, so far. Sorry, his fingers are crossed. And Gil's like, well, who knows what the night has in store. We're all going for karaoke. Why don't you join us? Look out, me. <laughs> then Ross. Ross is like, is that my peeper? I didn't hear anything. Oh, it's the babysitter. She only called the emergency. I have to go, Ross, wait. <laughs> well, it looks like it's just us boys. <laughs> and just the look of sheer... Panic and horror on Fraser's face <laughs> at the idea of that. And then we fade to the little batteries like Captain's Log, star date 3012.4. Mr. Spock informs me there is no Klingon word for fuel. <laughs> <laughs> and then you go, I don't, they, they don't say what film is, but it's Martin, Daphne, and Nails all in the apartment watching a movie together, and Daphne's all emotional and everything. And Martin goes, you know, Nails, it's the first 
Oh, you ever took your mother to see? You know, I, I, I purposely took, I deliberately picked a tear jerker so I knew it had to cover the first sniffle I was on her like an octopus. Then Daphne's like, you men, you always find a way to make us more vulnerable to your clumsy advances. All that wines went straight to my head. Yeah, we'll just kill the bottle, shall we? <laughs> and then and Confusia just looking so disheveled and everything. Martin's like, hey, Vrage. Turn off the music. Oh, well, we were just dead. I never want to hear music <laughs> again. And then Nails is like, oh, I take it you had a whiz-bang time at the karaoke bar? For starters, what are you saying? What kind of fool am I? <laughs> because I turned into an audience participation number. <laughs> and Gil and Noel, the, the charming duet of anything you can do, I can do better. They were both wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the highlight of the evening is when Gil, after one too many Q-Royales, then the letter, then a hunting rendition of I Feel Pretty. During the letter versus versions, the during the letter versus with which Noel joined him on stage and translated into Klingon. Which is the way he says, like, they were both wrong, and then just the, they pause and he goes, translated into Klingon. Oh, boy, like, the haunting rendition of anything you can do, I can do better. They were both, both wrong. wrong. <laughs> uh, then he goes, yeah, excuse me, I'm just going to lie down. Get up bright and early for my Harakus tomorrow, Woody. What, you've seen him again? Why didn't you tell the guy you're busy for once? That he knows I'm not. Besides, I've had to hurt his feelings. I hate to think of outgrowing him. But you have. Well, I, well, that's the problem. You know, I've moved on bigger and better things. He's still pouring drinks in the same bar. That's 15 years. Don't you think it's kind of sad? Martin's like, if I were you, I'd just lie to him. Tell him you have work or you met a pretty girl. Who's that pretty girl? And Daphne just starts singing, who's that pretty girl? Who? What? Martin trades with Daphne. Daphne then features with Daphne. Who? Daphne? What? Daphne? Martin? And then Martin's like, bedtime. <laughs> and then Daphne's like, I used to be with light opera works. Yes, I used to be a fan. as a good event. <laughs> Nails is like, she uh, seems a little wobbly. And then she just stops like Nails. Yeah. I know that's... That's kind of creepy. Yeah, that plus the white thing. I know, obviously, some of the white nails and that things, some of them are funny, some of them seem a bit creepy, but you laugh them off. That one... That one does seem a little... That bordered a little on... little sinister. That bordered on to line to almost a bit of rapey. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it straddled that line and was almost on the bad side that of is the not, line. That is not a line that nails should have been straddling. Yeah, it's not. I think because again to the tail end of the uh, horror not knowing-ish of uh, this thing. And I know that's when you don't like... Now, I'm just saying, I think they were so surely running out of clever ways for him yeah. to... Like, and I, I will inform you now, when we get to this particular point that we are getting to, I will be most professional. I don't believe it. No, I will, <laughs> because I need to be professional to get the fairest point across. I will hear your points, but don't... Please don't come at me if I try to pr- propose an opposite view, even if I don't believe the opposite view myself. I won't, but I do I believe try. a lot of the time in this regard that we will have to agree to disagree a lot of the time. Of course. You can't. I, I even worried. though that you will be patently wrong. I'd like to keep this, going, this show going as long as possible. At least like to get to the end of Fraser itself. And so, I'd appreciate it, not us not falling out in any of the podcast over ever, Daphne. Ever beaten up by a man dressed as a woman? I don't talk about that night. 
<laughs> like that. Touche. 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 Oh, yeah. That was a long time to do that one. <laughs> oh, oh, how we laugh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shut up, you cunt. Yeah, try to turn it the fuck off. Fucking noisy bitch. Uh, so the nails, uh, gets a knock, hears a knock on door, nails, looks through. Ooh, surprise, guess who? Dear God, I just left him. What moonlight berry picking expedition does he have planned for me now? <laughs> what kind of moon berry picking expedition does he plan for me now? I can't take it anymore. And I'm just going to tell him the truth. And he opens the door. And yeah, he's like, no, he's like, I can't take this anymore. All right, all right, fine. I'm just going to have to lie to him. And then what he said, oh, hey, everybody, like, Listen, I got back to the hotel, I called Kelly to say goodnight, but since that little girl has an ear infection, I'm taking the red eye back to them. My car's waiting downstairs, he's came to say goodbye. Ned Fraser's showing concern, he's like, oh, well, Woody, I guess this means goodbye. Yeah, I'm afraid so, and he, he gives them all and everything. Uh, and he's like, you remember to give my love to all folks back in tears, oh, will do. Will do, and he's like, I hope your little girl gets better soon, and like, I really enjoyed spending time with you. It was great seeing you too, Woody. Yeah, think we had a cut, sure. It sure is, well, goodbye. And as soon as he closes the door, he has a bit of, a, bit of a sigh of relief from <laughs> him. God bless the virus that infected that little girl's ill canal. And then Nels is like, Congratulations, I'll be off. Oh, no, no, it's only Vijay gets like a second when he's like, Oh, why don't we sell with my new from Freedom? I'm going to go to the little cantina I mentioned there and I'll buy you a light supper. I'll have a margarita. Thank you, sorry, sir. And after that, we can have a go to that price new cigar place, my treat. Well, hey, big spender. Well, Vijay Stalton is a... It's an almost a... Whenever, whenever takes your voice to... Yeah. Uh, no, yeah. Is everything all right? Last time I heard that phrase, Gil was belting it out while sitting on the lap of a Japanese businessman. Look at that margarita. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're at the waiter. They dust borders. Yeah, and the waiter gives them a little news and they also thank you. Yeah. I love it already. NMB... NMB? No, Mary band. <laughs> and then they see Woody over by the bar. He's like, oh dear God, quick, hide your face with your menu. Woody's over there. If he sees us, he'll know I lied. Why did you lie? I told him I was going out of town. No, you didn't. He told you he was going out of town. That's right. He lied. He should be hiding. Now he calls him Woody, Woody. And then Woody sees that he covers his face with his menu and then tries to hide in the toilet. And Freddy's just like, oh for God's sake, stay here. Then he walks over to the, the toilet to find the lot. He's like, come out of here. No, I'm blowing English. I don't understand this. It means I don't speak English. <laughs> Will you just come out here? Woody, what is going on? I can't. Lucky I was so ashamed I lied to you, Dr. Green. Why did you do that? Well, I guess I didn't want you to know it was me in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> no, Woody, I, earlier this evening, you told me you were going back to Boston. Oh, yeah, you know, like... <laughs> I felt terrible for staying there. I just couldn't face another day of us hanging out together. What? You weren't enjoying our time together? Well, no, I had a great time that first night, but after that it was getting less fun for me, and you were still having a good time. And everybody's like, this is too funny. See, you're still having a good time, and I'm miserable. Why didn't you say something? Well, I don't know. You know I didn't want to hurt your feelings. To tell you, too. I felt kind of bad for you. You felt bad for me? Well, yeah, you know, you don't have any plans. You live with your dad, you know, hang out with your brother all the time. You know, those those karaoke friends of yours, I wouldn't want to be stranded on a desert island with them. Well, maybe that English guy, he's quite an entertainer. (laughs) 
Really, Woody, there's nothing to worry about. I know my life may seem rather dreary to you, but uh, it's really quite enjoyable. In fact, it's even a lot of fun. I love my life now, honestly. You know that. I wouldn't trade my years or cheers for anything, but I'm happy with my life the way it is today. You mean it? Yes. That's what makes this conversation so ironic. You see, my life is some sort of middle-aged compromise, and well, just the other day I was thinking about your life, and all I could think was... What? Well, then he pauses, no one yeah. would told him he would, call, he would hurt him. Yeah. And he just goes, oh, how lucky you are, you see, I've found where, you've found where you belong, you've made your home there. I guess for some of us, it just takes longer than that. Yeah, I just thought in for a beer. You know, well, you know what, Niles will be on the phone for a couple of more minutes. Why don't we have one last drink together? Yeah, it'd be nice. Okay, barkeep, a couple of beers here, please. You know, I really remember what I said about you know, having fun that first night. Yeah. Maybe we could do it again in five, ten years. Absolutely. Ten years it is. And they look at her and they go, when he says, cheers, and Fiji got pause before he goes, cheers. Yeah. Both it was nice. Both me in the sense of, like, cheers, and then, like, the, the bar cheers where they had all their memories. Also, what the hell is he talking about? Nails being on the phone. The Nails wasn't on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Uh, but also the credits is just uh, showing uh, Gil and... No on stage doing their... And he does look great in his snazzy jacket. <laughs> I'm assuming it's during their, as Frieder said, uh, them both being wrong during their edition of anything you can do, I can do better. <laughs> no. It's interesting. I didn't think much of this episode, but I was listening to other people's thoughts on other reviews of this episode. And really? I thought... I, do you know... I was reviewing it, Lara. I had a right good time with that one. I didn't think much about it at first, but then what's listening to the other reviews of it, and there was some good points actually raised about it, especially on this final scene between the two. Yeah, it's a, it's a, nice, it's a warm ending. Yeah, I, even though there were points where I do feel like they hit the same joke, you know, with the all of, like, oh, Woody misunderstand something, because... Yeah. After a while, when a character's dumb, you do draw the line of, like, geez, it's like you're getting... You're overplaying the fact that they're just playing stupid at this point. Mm. But... Like, there are points that where, when you think about it, they're both right in a sense about, like, feeling bad for the other because Frazier, like, sees, oh, well, you've not moved on from where you were to where I moved to a new city, I've done all these things. But then, in Woody's eyes, you know, Woody's married, he's got a family and everything, but he's happy, even though he's been in this job for ages, he's still happy. And that's why, like, Frazier living with his dad and, like, not being with anybody, he see, he feels bad for him. Yeah. Where Frazier thinks that, oh, well, this is somebody I knew years ago and he's still as he was back then, but not realising that in their both ways, they both moved on in their own ways. Yeah, they both moved on because, like, Woody's got a happy family life, he's got a good job, he's yeah. got a nice environment he lives in. Yeah. You know? And, like, some people find a job that they, they like very early on and they keep that job for years and... Uh, with Woody and Kelly, I think they, they fell in love young and then they just stayed together. So, you yeah. know, even so, despite what Fraser initially thinks, despite the fact that Woody's not really moved on that much, it doesn't mean he's not happy. And obviously, we all know that Fraser is happy in his way his life is going, yeah. even though he's not with somebody he'd like to be, despite what Woody might perceive. So, they're both right and also a bit wrong in their views of how they see each other. Yeah. But they do. But it also does go back to the thing. I think we can all identify with the idea of like when you meet somebody who used to be pals with you. Realize like I've kind of outgrown you a little bit. <laughs> yeah, we've all been there. And if you if you've not been there, you've pro- you probably know somebody who's outgrown you. So I'm sorry to bring the one to break that to you. I haven't outgrown you, Scott, yet. <laughs> you cheeky bastard. <laughs> 
you're still cool, man. And then you're the Woody Eye in the freezer in this situation here. Oh, nonsense. <laughs> nonsense. Woody had a job. <laughs> yes, but Woody also had a relationship, which you have, which I don't. And he had kids. You, you do. You'll get there, man. <laughs> I really wish I hadn't made this comparison. I feel like you're talking down to me now. No, no. No. <laughs> yeah, say no a few more times. That'll convince me. No. Stop it. <laughs> So I my, hope you realise I'm just taking the piss. I think actually Shelley Long's, even though I, she's my least one of my least favourite people from uh, Cheers, I think her episode overall is one of the better ones of... Uh, Twitchy face. Yeah. You did that again, right there. <laughs> like, I think her episode... She can stop jumping. I think her episode of Frasier is the most impactful just for the overall meaning of it. But... Uh, this episode is still good in its own way, so where would you give it in terms of, you know, where your thumb would be? Your thumb thumbs up? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm saying, like, I, I'm not, I can't say I didn't laugh at it, especially during when the way Fraser was painstakingly describing the karaoke scene. No, I blow English. <laughs> what does that mean? It means I don't speak English. So, like, I can't really find any major faults, even though I wouldn't say it's one of my all-time, I'd love to anywhere all-time, my favourite ones. So it's just decent in, in its own way. It's own self-contained way, so I'll give a firm thumbs up. Yeah, it's I think worthy it's a of a thumb. I think it is worthy, yeah. Yeah. Now, this is the episode you were talking about earlier on where you talked about so getting to see the, the aspect of the physical comedy and everything. It says, three Valentines. all about stuff being its own self-contained thing. It's all... Basically, this is a, a three-act structure for the episode. Yeah. And most episodes are in their own way. Well, some of them have all two acts, but yeah. basically this is split up. One, act one is Niall, act two is Fraser, act three is... Daphne and Martin. And, and I don't know, maybe I'm remembering this episode wrong, but I was convinced that the, the structure of the episode, I haven't watched this episode in a long time, but I was convinced the structure was Niall's first, then Daphne and Martin, then it ended with Fraser, and then went back to Daphne and Martin in the credits. Mm. But clearly I was wrong. Yes, you were. So, so clearly, also Fraser is out. I'm assuming these are all happening the same night because Fraser's out. Uh, Def, uh, Niles is having a date, and so he Fraser's clearly allowed him to use the apartment because at this point we should remember he's still staying at the Shangri La. Yes, and I don't think he'd want to bring, as we, he mentions the uh, the president of his wine club that he's trying to woo. Yeah, to, uh, to the we we Shangri-La. start with Niles on the on the phone, and he's like, Francois, it's Niles Crane. You delivered some champagne earlier for Valentine's Day. Well. You brought over 88 and I asked for 85. Yes, my dick will know the difference. She happens to be the president of my wine club. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, remember, I won't be at home. No, I'm not entertaining the Shangri-La. My brother was kind enough to let me use his apartment. And he goes past his mind, she goes, well, what could I do? I threw a blanket over it. <laughs> All right, now hurry, please. This woman was very particular. Then he sees that he's just sitting there in the armchair, like, in a different chair, like, like if you, she likes dogs. <laughs> He starts uh, reading through the. He yep. starts to see the Mozart. Yeah, basically, all this, the rest of the scenes could basically say, like, it's kind of like all the old tiny, like, silent movies where all these hijinks <laughs> are happening because no, di- no real dialogue other than a huh or huh. Or, yeah. like, he's sitting like, on the couch he, and he's like. Nails make like, weird noises, then we like, 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 he's worried about stuff going wrong. It's but, not even the noise, it's the little motions he does <laughs> too. Like, he's sitting on the couch and he's like. It's sort of like he's killing time before his date turns up and he looks at his, his the lining of his, yeah. his smart suit trousers and he's like, I think he notices, he doesn't like creasing the trousers or yeah. notices a lack of a crease possibly, but he's like, put your mother's trousers, hmm, okay. 
So he decides to take off the trousers and yeah, because like do a little ironing. Like you said, he was going through the series. He's, like, music's playing. The music is just amping up as everything goes along, which I think is a nice yeah. Scene. And yeah, he's like he's just killing time. But then again, he said that he did very particular. But we also know Niles like is extremely particular. I don't even think it's really been properly addressed in the series. But like there's some real aspects of OCD with Niles with the seat cleaning and things like this yeah, that really haven't season seven that aren't really like that aren't really like addressed. Uh, which I like is a weird missed opportunity, but like yeah, yeah he signs he'll iron his his uh his trousers, which then leads to one of many yeah because he's he's got he's got like the thing I don't I've, I've not ever done this but I don't, like it's a thing I've seen in America where they like, put a, a bit of like a cloth between the trouser and the iron so like, yeah you don't, you don't get the iron no burn yeah or mark I've mm-hmm. seen it done you know I've seen it done mm-hmm. usually that well if you think of that in in the UK, that's mostly done if you're ironing something onto a pair of trousers yeah. or something. You know, like a patch or something. You know, it's the like, idea where so often just shifts in each other. He knows, like, the idea of an animal sensing danger. He's like, oh, Christ, what we got coming now? Mm. He learns to the watch and he starts to, you know, like, press a wee bit faster and everything. And then he reaches the company, he notices a loose thread right at the end of the, the trousers. And yeah. so, not quite importantly, he, he kind of just sits the iron down. And just the iron's still on, he just leaves it there. So, as over time, it's going to start getting hotter and hotter. Think, least... you know, why did you not do what any sensible person would do? Set the iron upright. I know. Or set the iron in the little bit that the iron is for. I know. Well, look, I don't like this board, I had one of those. But you could still. You set the yeah. iron. Uh, most common people know how to use an iron. Well, I think you get to cut that shortly in a minute, and we'll get, we'll get to that in a second. But I think that. Plus, like him trying to do everything else and not look at his own blood because that causes him issues. So I'm assuming he wasn't. He was hoping not to leave the iron in that position for that long, but also he forgets about it inevitably. Yeah, which causes more issues. <laughs> so yeah, he sees the thread. He tries to, uh, like, he tries to cut it. Cuts himself a little. Yeah, then said, and then he rushes over to the desk to grab a pair of scissors from the drawer back to the ironing board, and then he's like, "Oh no, can't can can't run with scissors." Which is nice. <laughs> And then he tries to sit up and then that's it. Eddie tries to like go near the uh go near like the food and everything, he's sniffing around his dumpster yeah. and then he ends up cutting himself and literally say he's always like, Oh it just faints. And which he does which he does repeatedly every time he sees his own blood. And he sees any and then Eddie goes over and licks his face to kinda of snap him back in. Mm. And he like snaps his fingers at Eddie and which hurts some more and then he looks at his face again. <laughs> Eddie wakes him up. And then he notices that like a handkerchief so he puts it on and he wraps it around his like fingers trying not to look at it. He raises like a kind of solvent uh, in the kitchen. Because he he's spilled a teeny yeah. tiny little spot of blood on through his yeah. couch. So he's trying to clean it. And then the boss of it looks at his thing again, feeds again and then pours more like solvent all onto, over the couch. All over the couch. He's having a rare time. Yeah. He wakes up, he, he goes to put the, the solvent back, and then uh, he starts to, like, smell burning. So he's sniffing around, like, the stuff he's got, like, cooking and everything. <laughs> and then he goes back in, and like, the iron that he's left. Uh, to, and then he tries to like, pick up, and it's, like, quite hot. And then he ends up throwing it towards the uh, the couch, yeah. which then, obviously, the solvent is clearly flammable, because then, woof, <laughs> and then Eddie starts barking, uh, and Niles is like staring like he's panicking, like, oh, go ahead, he goes to find the fire extinguisher. 
you know, just grieves that nothing happens and then he's like pulls the safety pin out. And then like, the fourth day fight which is just too much for him to to control. Mm. He's just spinning around going everywhere. Eddie furiously lies out barking at him. And then uh, as soon as he gets in control, it runs out of pressure. Like he's like, so he can't point out the area. And then he starts opening the door, starts trying to waft like the smoke <laughs> and everything. And then just he's not got also by the way also because he's ironing, him, he's doing this whole thing suit suit on shirt, shirt tie no trousers on <laughs> by the way. So and he socks and he pants <clears throat> and then just it looks he, as he's walking it the thing drops. He was covering covering up the window. It looks like a fence. Mm. You'd think you'd think it would have caught it by when. Mm. You know, obviously, like the, the music kind of reaches its crescendo, just kind of a dun dun as he as he as he, as he, as he drops. So great use of music, and and that's obviously I'm not uh, an expert in any way on classical music, but just the way it was used in this scene, mm. followed by Isaac. Like, like like I said, it pretty much was. You could put this in black and white, and it wouldn't look at a place. Like it was kind of like all those old silent. You know, physical comedy, well, like, like sort of Buster Keaton, yeah, and whatnot. But yeah, like you said, like getting to see the physical movements of like because even I Pierce and like he, yeah. good, but I think David Pierce kind of edges out Kelsey Graham in terms of like it's because he's I think so because he's quite because he's like kind of skinny or, or spindly as uh, as Kelsey Graham <laughs> told him. Oh, you call him spindly, fat face. <laughs> so then we cut to <laughs> so obviously each one like Theo Carr comes obviously at the start and a Valentine finale so then takes us into the next one by saying a Valentine for Fraser mm. and Fraser's in uh, and he phones Rod who's getting ready for her own day he's like oh, yes yeah it sends me a question how do you know if you're on a date are you alone yes well you're not on a date yeah <laughs> I finally I'm in an episode I'm waiting for Cassandra Stone your new publicity director she asked me out for dinner and I was very flattered I started wondering, is this a business dinner or more of a romantic date? Well, you're going out for dinner on Valentine's Day. Sounds like a date to me. Yes, but she didn't realise it was on Valentine's Day until I reminded her. Oh, she... come on. Every, to- every time I see you do glitter, she's got her hands all over you. She's got her hands all over everybody. She's a big flirt. That's true. Even She even flirted with me the first time I met her until I took my baseball cap park off. Why don't you just ask her if it's a date? Rod, I can't do that. Well, the answer is no. Let's say I'll be embarrassed. The rest of the day, I'll be embarrassed at work. What if it gets around the station? Well, I guess you're just going to have to play it by ear. Well, you know what she'll have in mind by the way she's dressing, how she acts, how she treats you? Uh, and then she sees, then she, like, hear, like, hear the doorbell of our day, like, who's your day? Oh, Bob, you know, the new tax accountant? Isn't he the one who drones on so insistently you call him the cricket? No, I call him the cricket because he runs his hands together so really fast when we have sex. <laughs> And then Cassandra comes in and, uh, and she's like, "Sorry, to keep you waiting." And I'm starting to wonder if you changed her mind. Well, and pass up dinner with the sexiest man on radio. And he looks at the dress and everything goes well. You know, his plans were prepared last minute, and then our dress is way a low cut, so he assumes that's a date in there. Yeah. Let go take my coat. And uh, he looks at violence. You see that woman checking your coat? Yes. Oh, well, she's my dear companion this evening, and things are taking a turn for the romantic. Aren't you? Order if you're special as possible. He gives us some money. He goes, and he's like, "When well, you should have offered to check her coat." Well, thank you very much. We'll just play something more money when she gets back. And then she get, she's on her way back. She sees the uh, maitre d'. Mm-hmm. She's like, and then he's like, "Miss Cassandra, so nice to see you again." He's like, "You too, Mario." And how is the sexiest maitre d' in all Seattle? 
she leans in and gives him a big kiss, just like she gave Fraser. Yeah, so he yeah, yeah, immediately changes mind. Yeah, and then she says, then she's like, sorry again for keeping you waiting. I got sucked in this cocktail party. A co- you were at a cocktail party? Some benefit thing. It was very fancy. Obviously, why else would I show up wearing this? Of course, and then he sees the guy coming in, but he goes to stop playing like, no, no. <laughs> oh, we have the best wine list here. Do you feel like sharing a bottle? And he's like, if you like. And she's like, good thing I took a cabbie. I'm a real lightweight. And then again, I'm sure a gentleman like you wouldn't mind escorting me back to my room after dinner. Will you? Oh, I think I can read it. That's clicking and getting the, trying to get the guy back yeah. over. And then she's like, I love the food here. Oh, what do you recommend? I'll start with the anchovies and red peppers and then the garlic chicken with scallions. I just start waiting for her again. Either that'll make her a bit flow bloated or have her breath not spilled in the, she, the best. She's like, are you in the mood for oysters? Actually, I'm not sure. <laughs> we get back to Cassandra's hotel room and he's like, well, here we are, your hotel room. Oh, Let's stop. No, thank you so much for this coat. Of course. Oh god, can't believe we got in the rainstorm and freezing. Yeah, me too. Uh, and like, yeah, it's like, you know, no, I know something that us warm up really fast. Yes, all we have to do is... Have a brandy. Yes, let's have a brandy. <laughs> There's a maid bar over there, I'll be right out. And then she goes uh-huh. into the bathroom and then raise her phone and rollers again. But you know, she's, she's in bed, by the way, so clearly her date went well. Oh, totally, totally. <laughs> yeah. Where are you? I'm I'm in Cassandra's hotel room. She invited me up here after dinner. I'm just not sure what it means. What it means? <laughs> well, you're a blind pig finding Even a blind pig finds an acorn once in a while. I'm still getting a lot of conflicting signals here. You see, maybe she just invited me here to talk business. I just wish I could get one clear, unambiguous sign. She comes in when she's in a uh, robe. He tries to hide the fact that he's on the phone. Like, oh, I had to get a dress. Uh, well, here's your brandy. I'll go dry my hair and she buggers off like, Ross, I'm back. <laughs> she ditched her dress and she's heading with sauce. What do you need, runway lights on the mattress? <laughs> Not as quick cut as it seems. Look, Fraser, she's on, she is way out on limb here. Do you know how reject she's going to feel if you don't make a move? You're going to blow it forever. Yeah, you're right. Oh, I'm going to take off my jacket. Yeah, go get him, cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> and then Cassandra says, she's like, Fraser, are you making yourself comfortable? Uh, yes. And she's like, it's if it's okay, I still have some questions about the ad campaign I'd like to ask you. It bits his jacket like back <laughs> off. Also, it's not as physical as Danny Griffith, but just the fact that by how he how he hears what she said, he, he chooses how much clothing to put on it so right, he like, signals. That's down, that's down. Yeah. And she's like, Well that's why I'm here. And she's like, Or if you prefer, we could just talk about it all breakfast tomorrow. Breakfast, you say? I hope I wasn't being too presumptuous. We will be having breakfast tomorrow, won't we? Absolutely. Takes the jacket off again. Starts Great. So who else will be there? Where? At the breakfast meeting. The one for the sponsors here at the hotel tomorrow. You said you were going, right? The meeting. Of course. He starts putting his shirt back on. Fraser, what are you doing? Well, I, uh... I, I thought you said you were going to make yourself comfortable. Why don't you check the closet? I'm sure you can find something to slip into. I'm just going to take my lenses out. So then he pulls his shirt off again, he probably starts like trying to starting to get all dressed, he runs over where the yeah. closet is. And she shouts back at me, she's like, You know, I'm really glad I asked you to dinner. Gosh, so am I. You may not believe this, but I almost chickened out in the last minute. It just goes to show it's almost better to take the risk. I mean, so you say no, I'm an adult. What's a little embarrassment? Every room is a guy and feels like a rose has been a robe on it. I couldn't agree more. Did you find the slippers? What? <laughs> In the closet. 
You stepped in that puddle after dinner, and I thought you might want to get all those wet shoes and socks. It's up to you. I know, mo I know some people f feel funny about taking their shoes off in someone else's room. My gosh, it's really starting to come down out there. You know what I'm thinking? No, I truly don't. <laughs> well, it doesn't, take much, it doesn't make much sense for you to drive home in this weather, especially since you are coming back for the breakfast anyway. Why don't you stay overnight? And when you say stay over, you mean, of course... Stay, stay here. Or here, right, splendid. <laughs> and he sits on the bed, and then, so she, Cassandra's like, oh my god. Well, I wasn't doing anything. I just can't believe it's so late. What are you sorry for? Uh, for keeping you up so late. Oh, that's all right. Aren't you coming to bed? Yes, coming to bed. Coming to this bed. Well, would you mind turning the lights out? No, no, not at all. All you can see is like darkness in there. And he goes, <laughs> you know, Cassandra, this may sound a little silly question since we are, you know, in bed together and nearly naked. I was wondering, time, is this a romantic or a business thing? <laughs> then all you, you spit sense and all you hear is start snoring immediately. And then just about fits after that, you hear, Roz, I'm back. <laughs> Roz, Stricker. See, <laughs> <laughs> so, like I said, some bits of the only way you hear Peter and White here is like, oh god, he means something else. It's close back on. Like you said, it's not quite on the on the insanely physical level comedy with silent movie comedy yeah. and nails, but it's still it's awkward funny, mm -hmm. you know? Because, like you say, it's a whole like shoes on, shoes off, shut on, shut off, like sit on the bed, oh fuck. Because ah. depend, then his mind, depending on like what, how she feels, you know. Uh, how much or little clothes he has might send a weird message. So <laughs> he so he's probably subconscious about it. There's two sections in home uh, in his brain at that time: yeah. horny, confused. Yes. Hornily confused and confusingly horny. Those are two bad emotions to have at the same time. Especially if the other person isn't horny, they're just gonna think you're a bit of a sex pest. Yes, nails and pouring too much wine and chasing yeah. a drunk woman into a bedroom, you creep. Because, like, this fight with him not knowing if she's up for it or not, like, I remember we, you and I did the four for the seesaw episode and we were talking about how clearly obvious it was that the girls were into them. Yeah. And that, that, had, that, had, that had Karen from Will and Grace in it, too. It did, yes. I like that because <laughs> I like Karen. But this one isn't as clear cut, so you can understand a bit more than in that episode. Right, yeah. But, but again, that episode did have Niles, are you coming? God, they've mixed signals. <laughs> I, I, I like to think if I was a wealthy person, that would be my role model. I do like the idea that, like, Roz is his go-to, like, she'll understand everything. I do like uh, her line, do you need runway lights on the mattress? <laughs> <laughs> and then we go to a Valentine's for Daphne and Martin. Oh. And then, uh, no, Daphne, I'm really impressed. A lot of people would be really insecure if they didn't have a day on Valentine's Day, but not you. Oh, heavens no. What do you think, think about it? It's just a silly holiday that made itself flowers and candy. Right, well, you take a look at the menu and I'll check your coat. Oh, no, I'm really... She's like, oh, no, no need for that. So what looks good to you? The coat check on. Give me your coat. <laughs> and then Mitra D comes over to... <laughs> yeah, well, Mitra D's like, Happy Valentine's Day. Welcome to Rusano's. Douglas, thank you. Where will we take... Where, where will I take your drink order when your husband gets back? And she's like... Oh, no. oh, he's not my husband. I don't have a husband. <laughs> the second I was like, so like oh, no, I I don't have a husband. <laughs> oh, I wish there's something else I could check other than my blood pressure. Oh, I'll get to you. I'm thinking a nice big steak. How about you? And then 
And Daphne starts crying. Oh, what happened? Like, because she'd been looking around and seeing like, all these other people like, holding hands, all these couples. <laughs> well, look around you. Nothing but couples in love. It's never going to be me. I'm just going to end up a dried old maid, dried up old maid in a quilted bathrobe with a smelly deaf cat on me lap. I thought you said you were okay with that. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah. well, because I was like, it means I was like, you're okay with having a date. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, I thought you were okay with dying with a cat on your lap. <laughs> He's like, all right, Daph, come on now, come on now. Don't get upset here. Have a drink of water or something. Oh, sorry about this. That's okay. And she's like, I don't know what came over me. I haven't cried like that since, well, New Year's <laughs> Oh, jeez. Come on, Daph. You're a, you know, you're going to find someone. You think so? Well, sure. Yeah, you're, you have a lot of very great qualities. Thank you. I'm sorry about this. It makes you uncomfortable. I know it makes you uncomfortable talking about personal things. And then they start looking at the menu. So what kind of qualities? <laughs> well, you know, you're smart, you're nice looking, you're fun to be with. So you're going to go with a Subaru salad. Yeah, she's like, I'm nice looking. <laughs> oh, sure, yeah. Where's that guy with the bread? <laughs> that is so sweet of you. Well, don't mention it. Let's just have a nice, happy evening. Yeah, yeah I'm fine now. Uh, nice looking how? <laughs> oh jeez Oh never mind Oh no no it's alright Well you know you're pretty and uh Tall and uh Take good care of your hair You know you're attractive What do you want from me uh, I'm sorry I, I don't I don't hear this sort of thing very often Well you're You're just in a slump that's all You ask me you're a great catch Then uh, we are comes across you know, it's not my place to say this, but I think your father's right. You are a very attractive woman. <laughs> it's just the, the expression of Martin's face. It's like, what did he say? <laughs> Fuck you, Shane. <laughs> oh, how about that? That's a nice little ego boost. And Martin's like, yeah. Yeah, fine, whatever. Uh, so, so silly all of a sudden. Getting upset, I don't know. Like that. I feel bad now. But is she a nice big steak? Like, yeah, fine, whatever. What's up with you? Why did you assume I was your father? I mean, a lot of guys my age got with women like you. Was you trying to say that I could never attract someone young and pretty? Oh, thank you, Mr. Kirk. Does, does this all have to be about you? Oh, for heaven's sake. You're a very attractive man with lots of wonderful qualities. Yeah, yeah, I know. All right, let's order. Like what? Oh, come on, you know, you're, you're charming, you have a good sense of humor, yeah, you have lovely eyes. Most of all, you're good company, and I enjoy living with you. Well, thank you, Daphne. I I like living with you, too. Thank you. So why do you like living with me? Oh, for God's sake, can't we just agree to cut this out? <laughs> all right, all right. You're a wonderful, I'm wonderful, you know. It's funny if you think about it, the two of us. I mean, sure, we have a little fight for the most part, but we get, for the most part, we get along together. You know, I think about it, you know, you and me... How you miss me when I'm gone, I enjoy looking after you. Sort of like you're my... What? Oh, it sounds funny to say this. Oh, come on, that's all right, you can say it. Well, it's sort of like you're my pet. What? Oh, the good sounds like you and Eddie. What the hell are you talking about? You calling me a dog now? It's an analogy. <laughs> because <laughs> I just start arguing as it cuts <laughs> just so, like, just, look, there's been a lot of time trying to compliment the other, and then... End up just annoying each other. And just at the end, goes, and then, like, just the man is all smiling, so you think some big comments come up. It's all like you're my pet. <laughs> you're probably thinking husband or something. And then during the credits, we've got Martin 
taking the East Coast back from the coach, girl, who is a quite attractive, as we said. And uh, it goes over to Daphne, and she's talking that same waiter from earlier on, who said she was active, and she's basically telling me to go away. So Martin just goes back to talk, try and shut up the, the young uh, coach, girl. And then the credits, credits roll. So yeah, that is three Valentines. And this episode stars one of my favourite actresses, Virginia Madsen. Who who's who she playing this? She plays Cassandra. Ah. Virginia Madsen. She also plays uh, Helen in The Candyman. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I've been meaning to watch Candyman. I know of Candyman and everything, but I didn't know she was in Candyman. I'm sorry for warning that smoke at you, but no, 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 it's good. That's if you have the appropriate level of time yeah. after we do the show, I will put Candyman on if you I, like. I can't watch the full Candyman, but I've mainly watched I mean, Tony Todd's just that voice. Uh, Another great Shakespearean <laughs> actor. Yeah, uh, I remember like there was a a series uh, at DC show, show the Flash. The same series they had a film called Zoom, who was like done up all in black and with blue light, but he's, he was constantly, speed constantly made his face kind of blurry so you couldn't see him. So they had a different actor doing the suit and a different actor doing yeah. the voice. So whenever he was under in the suit, they had Tony Todd doing the voice for him and they made him sound like a proper scary, like, yeah. like villain. I'll maybe show you a clip or whatever. No, but. I like to say, I follow Virginia Madsen on Facebook. All right. She's very cool. She's very cool. And also, she's the sister of Michael Madsen. Yeah. Mr. Bond. Oh, from uh, Reservoir. Yeah. yeah, that's his sister. Mm. Right, he was a uh, he was meant to be in Pulp Fiction, but couldn't do it. that's why John Travolta got the part. I think John Travolta sold it well. Yeah, but and I what, wouldn't but have liked what, to have seen. I wouldn't like to have seen him being shot twice. Like that's why if you do it really back at uh, Madsen's character in Reservoir Dogs Vic. and yeah and uh, John Travolta's character in in Pulp Fiction have the same last name. Yeah, and Vincent one, and Vic. Yeah, and one point. Tend to want to do maybe with both of them where they play brothers like in a time different timeline or whatever. Was it before uh, Bruce Willis accidentally shot Tra- Travolta in the head? <laughs> no, he didn't shoot him in the head. Well, he shot him at some. He shot him violently with in the body with a with a gun. Well, he killed him anyway. And do you know the thing that annoyed me most about Pulp Fiction? Oh. <sighs> he never got to finish reading his book. <laughs> he never got to finish reading his book. No. Yeah. He was always sitting on the toilet, reading his book. He never got to finish his damn book. Well, I know, it's one of, one of the great tragedies of our time. It is. But anyway, the episode, in terms of uh, overall thoughts and the rating of it, Paul, I know we talked about gold praise of it. You give it a thumbs up? I give it a solid thumbs up, because I think it is a hilarious episode. The slapstick, mm-hmm. the hilarious confusion and confuddlement of Fraser, the, huff, the huffy... Pissiness and vulnerability of Daphne and Martin. Mm-hmm. I think it's the idea, like, also, she's a sing- young single woman, so also she feels the pressure of needing to be a day. But Matt Martin, also, he's been out in the dating scene a wee bit, we've seen it occasionally. So the thing is, an older guy, he's, wonder- he's wondering, like, people don't, like, so they see him, they really don't think he could, you know, find love again. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you wouldn't expect Fraser to really have a Valentine's Day episode, unlike other, unlike other sitcoms. But, you know, Fraser decides we're going to do a family uh, special. We're going to do it in our own unique way. Yeah. And the way they do it, several unique ways, because everybody has their own little contained short story. Yeah. So I would agree with the thumbs up. I'm going to give it a single thumbs up as well. So I really hope. But I'd give it, I'd give it a stronger thumbs up than I would the uh, Woody one, because this is better than the Woody episode, in my opinion. So then we get to an episode I've been looking forward to talking about. Episode 15, tell, To Tell the Truth. 
to tell the truth. Which is the introduction of Donnie, and I like Donnie. Yes, I do too. And I like the actor who played Donnie, who I can't remember his Saul name. Saul Rubinick. Saul Rubinick, because he was in a show I mentioned to you called Hunters, which is on he Amazon. He was also in Warehouse 13. Yeah, the show Hunters, he was in there with Al Pacino and a bunch of other actors. But they basically play a group of people in the 70s hunting down ex-Nazis that have escaped. No judgement, they're, they're a group of Jewish people who are hunting down Nazis. It's very good. Mm. Very good. He's very good in it. This is a big moment about to do with his character, but I don't want to tell you because you ever choose to watch it, then I'd spoil it for you. Well, I, I wouldn't want it. That I wouldn't much. want it. I wouldn't want to spoil it for you. But he's very good. But anyway, so Fraser is and Catherine have hosted open the show with a with Rose looking at pictures of Alice, like oh baby pictures, like and she's like, oh, I said they're not the most flattering. Oh nonsense, baby Alice couldn't possibly take a bad picture. Oh well, that's just adorable. Look at. So the thing's got jam all over her face. Well, actually, that's not jam, Fraser. It's baby eczema. He just pointed out, by the way, I was watching these episodes last night. I was eating curry when I was watching this episode. I had to put it down for a while after I heard that line from Ross. What? Steve, what is with people? And this isn't a you thing. This is a universal thing. What the hell is with people when they hear something gross but have to stop eating? I don't know, maybe it just depends on what you hear or anything. Just like, oh, it's eczema. Basically, comparing jam and eczema, I had an orangey you know, sauce all over my curry. I, had, I was bit of a bit of a but it's baby eczema. I'm going to put that down. I, I mean, I finished it, yeah, but, but I had to take a couple of minutes. I don't I don't have that affliction when it comes to food. Well, maybe you're just unique. I don't know. Yeah, I have a stronger constitution than most. I'm not a baby about it. I mean... No, it it can it, it can depend on what it is. I mean, it was a film film I was watching. I can't remember the name of it, but I was sitting down to dinner while watching. I was eating soup, and the opening scene revolves a man trying to change his kid's diaper, and the shit's going everywhere. I had to no. had to, had to pause it until I finished my soup. You see, that would that would gross me out. But see that you know, someone saying something isn't going to gross me out. No, just the i just the i the image they'd created about what Alice looked like without showing you the picture. I, I, think, just, I would have just thought she was an ugly child. Well, we we have seen her, but, you know, the idea of, like, the ex-America, anyway, it just grossed me out. Anyway, I was eating, drinking. It means the idea of Rose having a fucking baby is Don't start that thing. shit again. We've anyway, got a lot to get through here. Yeah, yeah, we do. Let's get on with it, then. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, don't worry about it. That sort of thing seems about to clear up or spread. Uh, <laughs> and then she's like, just give them back, and then, then nails, nails comes in. Oh, well. Oh, baby pictures. Oh, I really don't want anyone to look at those. Oh, I don't know why, but I tell you himself, could have drawn a more perfect angel. Thank you, Niles. She is precious, isn't she? Oh, he just kind of looks at Fraser and kind of disgusts and Fraser kind of I know. <laughs> then Fraser's like, anyway, Niles, uh, how do things go with Maris's lawyers? Give us, you know, please. Oh, Maris is determined to prolong my suffering. She has to postpone our court date another eight months. Eight months? Yes. That's nice to just say I almost wish I had a piano to crawl under. And then Rose like, what? Oh, it's the how did I develop as a child, you know, combat anxiety. There is always something, something to say, something about the safe, dark, protective environment just seemed comforting to me. Yes, the week before his first Little League trial, he practically lived under there. And Rose like, oh, well, we all did weird stuff when we were kids. And it does the same thing, like, looking for to Vazor and Vazor yeah, that yeah, I know. So, Niles, uh, how did the lawyers respond to this postponed request? Well, I can tell you, they weren't very happy about it. They got on the phone, raised some hell, and they got the postponed cut down to seven months. Niles, are you serious? Do you think maybe it's time would you consider getting some new lawyers? Fire Harrison Reed? 
They're a tough vermin, so yeah. But they're bleeding you dry. Do you realize that they don't mind these postponements at all? You know, the longer they draw this thing out, the more money they'll get paid. And we're like, oh, you know, you know who the perfect person you should call? My old boyfriend, Donnie. He's a great lawyer. Oh, no offense, Ross, but I highly doubt your Donnie is in the same league with Harrison and Reed. Don't be too sure. I mean, he's smart, he's tough. He doesn't take no for an answer. Not that I ever tested that theory. Hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Are we talking about Donnie Douglas? Yeah. My God, Niles, I've read about this guy. He's the one they call the piranha, right? Yeah, that's probably because his night grinding causes his teeth to get really sharp and tiny. Yes, well, anyway, Niles, I mean, this guy just won a huge case. He might be just who you need. I appreciate your concern, but really, my situation is not as dire as you may think, and he opens these briefcases. Niles is like, you know, she, she, what's that smell? What smell? The one coming out of your briefcase. I don't smell anything. And then Fraser kind of turns the briefcase like, around. He, Fraser gets a briefcase and looks and he's like, My God, is this your lunch? A bologna sandwich? And a fruit cocktail? Oh, Niles, you see what these lawyers have reduced you to. Do you have any idea what they're having for lunch? I don't know, they don't analyze this, bill me for the total. <laughs> then Niles, uh, Ross and Fraser just look at each other, for God's sake. Yeah. And now, like the next one here comes up, the tail comes up. I guess you'd call them legal briefs. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, Donnie's uh, secretary Maria comes out. She's like, "It'll be Donnie should be able to make yourselves comfortable." And they're both like, "Thank you." Uh, I love like males. Also, typically, he's looking down his nose immediately. Doesn't want to, you know, consider this guy as his lawyer. Yeah, like Fraser, you really don't have to stay. Well, I didn't have to come at all. But if I hadn't, you would never, you never would have. Well, the office seems nice enough. Might have overdone it on the plants a little. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, uh, Except like this was destroying the plastic rainforest. Uh, oh, the University of Las Vegas. No problem finding tassels for those mortarboards. Will you stop being such a snob? Give this man a chance, for God's sake. Here, please have a mint. I get oh, halfway across the roof, I can smell his baloney. And then comes Daff. Uh, and comes Donnie. It seems like he's just come from, like, the gym or whatever. He's in uh, the way. He's in, like, casually, like, uh, short... Hey, casual clothes. Hey, uh, hey, how you good? Donnie Douglas, sorry. And then, uh, Mr. you're Fraser. Mr. Douglas? I'm Fraser Crane. Oh, you're Fraser. That means you're this and Niles, yeah. Oh, uh, oh, you're Niles Crane. Fraser Crane, that's Ro you're Ross's buddy, aren't you? Yeah, can you do me a favor? Tell her that. Okay, tell her I finally have my teeth capped. See? And he just shows his teeth off. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I'll tell her. You won't forget, right? Oh, not much danger of that. Okay, now, and then Donnie's like, okay, now gotta be in court in about 20 minutes. So sit down, let's get started. And then Martin Niles tried to tell him like, what he's, uh, he's issue. He's like, oh, that's disgusting on the phone. Very, uh, get my, I need my gray suit for court. Go on, go on. He's <laughs> like, oh, now Maris' turn to, you know, exhaust his already strained financial resources, you know, it's a real injustice. Yeah, and Maria, could you just cancel that four o'clock of mine? He's taking his shoes. Yeah, he starts stripping. Can you also put Joe Silva on my call sheet? I'm listening, I'm listening. Go on, go on. Well, Maris has no right to be angry with me. And then Maria comes in with his suit and his lunch, and she's like, Donnie's like, Maria, you're the best. Thank you so much. Cool. What, what? Come on, come on. Let's go. What? I'm sorry, I forgot what I was saying. No, oh, don't worry. Maria has that effect on men all the time. <laughs> and she gets in that look like, oh, you. <laughs> and now I think you're going to tell us Douglas about uh, Dr. Schickman. All right. Well, uh, last year, Maris and I were actually making progress in couples therapy. When to my dismay, I discovered that she and our therapist... He's like, were... he's like, oh, my God. 
That's right. They were. This is the best corned beef I've ever had. He's just taking a big mouthful of time. <laughs> you got a taste of this. Come on. Got spicy mustard. No thanks. How about you? Sorry. Mustard allergy. And Nail's just to say, he's like, oh, he goes, Mr. Douglas, maybe I'll come back when you have more time. No, no, I got the gist. Your wife is doing a shrink. Now she's trying to bleed with a long free trial. I get it. Who's her lawyer? Lockhart and Waylon. Maria, get me Lockhart. Or Waylon. Wait, wait, you're just gonna call them? Yeah, listen. Can we just cut through the formalities here? He's got like a, a tail wrap to him and taking a sweat. No. He's like, oh, okay, Niles, what you need is a guy like me representing you. What you're in here is a street fight, and you gotta know what's covering, who's covering your back, so I guarantee you this. He uh, pulls his boxers and, and keeps gesturing with the boxers, and he's like, he's like, you will never see me unprepared, you will never see me intimidated, and you will never, ever see me throw in the towel. You understand? And everyone's like, that's certainly helpful. And then you get like, oh, oh yeah, I guess you're saying. And then Maria's like, I've got Jeff Whalen on the line. Tony's like, oh, oh okay, thank you. Frazier, may I have a word with you? Yes. Whalen, die Douglas here. I'm calling you about Niles Grant. I can't possibly let this man represent me. I'll be humiliated. Niles, you need to hear the man out. I'm sorry. This is exactly the kind of lord you want. Someone who's not afraid to show a little moxie. Oh, he's an issue away from showing us a fool, moxie. Uh, die, die. I'm facing a camera too for deliberate infliction of pain and emotional distress. What are you, what are you thinking, Kevin? Okay, you call Yorkman McFadden. Those old bastards try to pull the same thing on a client of mine. Yeah, we're talking big numbers here, Waylon. Haven't seen as many zeros line up since Spock had a book signing. You just more like, come on, you gotta hear this. He takes them, puts it on speakerphone. Yeah, and then Waylon's on the other end of the line, and he's like, well, yes, of course, it's important to be reasonable. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm sure we can move a few things around and be ready for court by next month. And then very nearly like next month after the whole like thing of the mixed yeah, and, and then so. Wayland's like Mr. Douglas and Donnie's like yeah, does this mean you are now representing Niles Crane? And he gets Niles looking to say like, and well, am like, I? And then and then Niles gives him with thumbs up. So Donnie's like that's exactly what it means. And Wayland, I'll be in touch about a discovery schedule. Have a nice day. <laughs> and Niles is like, well, Mr. Douglas, that was brilliant. Yes, my goodness, always making me wish I was still married to Lilith. Uh, probably probably going to get rolling sometime next, this week with a deposition. You know, we should probably take a day. We'll get together. I'll prepare for you. I got to go. We were low-key, very casual over there or something like that. And Maria comes in like, you're doing court in 10 minutes. Okay. And Donnie? Yeah. Mustard. We and then, big mustard stain on his face. And then he goes like, oh, that was there the whole time? That's so embarrassing. And then he goes, <laughs> he lifts the tail to him. And like, oh, I'm <laughs> Oh, he's hidden this away from showing us a full oh, I think he's just dead then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, huzzah! <laughs> I, I am your liar! <laughs> Is he at the building for that? <laughs> <laughs> I do like the idea of like, Nails immediately, like, mainly because the association with Roy, like, oh god, I don't want him. But yeah. then he immediately says, like, well, screw you, your whole. Oh, well, getting down to like eight or so months before the next thing. Like, let's do it fucking next month. Uh, you, he's got his pricey lawyers, yeah. weak willed pussies who can't get anything done. But and he's like, they're just, they're just like, they're just interested in like getting money off him. Where he's like, no, I'll help you out. And like, I'll get shit done for you. Yeah. Uh, Donnie is an action lawyer, man. Yeah. He'd be a good action. I'd be a great Funko Pop, wouldn't it? Uh, Donnie. Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. Why can't they? Why can't they make a Donnie? Funko, if you're listening, I uh, don't know if you are, but somebody get it out to them. Actually, Funko, Donnie. 
A Donny one and a Mel one. Uh, so you can pick up the wee dive and say hello to Mr. Chimp. <laughs> say hello! <laughs> <laughs> we get Frasier kind of beat Brett by Donny sitting at the coffee table in, uh, in his apartment. Yeah. And he was like, well, Indeed, I had high hopes for Niles and Maris, as I wouldn't have uh, buy my wedding toast. You know, I would combine artful sentiments and quotations from Shakespeare, Jazz Great Louis Armstrong, and the right po- right po- Catilius. And then Donnie's like, And so your answer would be yes, I attended their wedding. Once again, Frazier, could you try to keep your answers brief? And Mar's like, Trust me, you did. Alright, alright, look, I'll try to do better. I still don't understand why we're deposing Frazier before Niles, and then Donnie's like, Oh, they like to question friends and family first so they can catch out, catch as much information as they can to try and catch Niles out in a lie. Now look, they're also going to allege that during the separation, Niles was wasteful with money. And that's the sense of he's a puller. She's calling me wasteful? Mm-hmm. Your call will have her when one of our dogs needs shampoo? Yes, she'd fill the bathtub with her on. Half the time, she's just getting a new dog. And then Donnie's like, anyway, look, Fraser, we might ask you if you witnessed any examples of Niles throwing money around. Your answer would be... Yes. Yes. No, no, no. The answer is not to the best of my recollection. But I do recall, and I'll be under oath. Oh, please, not this again. As you probably figured out, Frazier is a bit of a stickler when it comes to his ethics, and frankly, I applaud him for it. And Donnie's like, oh, great. great. And Daphne comes in. More coffee, anyone? No, thank you, Daphne. I think I'm just about done here. In fact, I've got a conference call back to the office. I'm just going to check and see if we're still happening. Frazier, why don't you see if there's any more questions in there we haven't done yet? Mm. All right. He's looking, through, he's looking through, he goes, Can you recall a specific incident where Maris lost her temper or hated in a way you characterize as violent or unstable? They all look around and then just start, they start yeah. laughing. And then Donnie's on the phone and he's like, You're kidding. Oh, really? Well, based on what? Oh, please. Then there's like, something wrong and Donnie's like, No, it's okay. And he's like, No, thank you. Thank you, Maria. No. And he hangs up, and he's like, Maris's lawyers, look, kill me. I mean, all week has been one desperate ploy after another. This one, this is the best one yet. Well, what's this one? Oh, now we're claiming alienation of affection. You're kidding me, based after what she did? Yeah, believe it or not, now we're saying that during the marriage, Niles was in love with another woman. Who? And, is it and Daphne's like, who? And Donnie's like, oh, you. And then they're all like, they look short, and then the other guys are kind of like, because they all know, and he's like, oh, God. Anyway, Daphne goes, have you ever heard anything so ridiculous? And Frasier like, stands up and goes, well, not to the best of my recollection. And then you get this scene before, and he's like, why on earth would you think Dr. Crane's in love with me? Oh, something about some country club ball you both attended a few years back. This is all based on that? Hey, oh, you caused quite a stir on the dance floor or something. Yeah, we were just putting on a show for his snobby friends. Well, they must have been quite convinced because now they're going to have to pay you for this dep- deposition. Now look, you know, you can be quiet. You can quite easily call our bluff tomorrow. You can kill tomorrow morning, Frazier. Fine by me. And Daphne's like, fine by me. And Donnie's like, okay, great. Now listen, Daphne, I'm going to have to prepare you from this because lawyers, they can twist your words around. They get adjusted by it because of the prenup. Maris can really stick it to Niles. But I got this conference call at the office. He's like, oh, I could come with you. Oh, great. We can get it done in about an hour. Oh, great. Let me get my coat. Don't you worry, Dr. Cray. Now, Frazier, I hope you realize we're going to ask you about this business, too. Me? Yes, but don't worry. This is one time when your compulsive truth-telling won't get us in any trouble. <laughs> and then it's just like, oh, now she's just like, well, that's it. It's over. It's over. I've lost. Maris has won. Maris always wins. Niles, Niles, Niles never, never wins. wins. Niles always wins. <laughs> that's why Niles is a Shangri-La and drives a hatchback. 
Niles, now get a grip. Mary's people are just fishing. We're the only ones who don't know how you feel about Daphne. Yes, today, tomorrow, everyone will know, including Daphne. This is now how I wanted to find out. I wanted to whisper to her for Kendall to not have it written back to her by a court stenographer. And Mars like, what are you talking about? Fraser's not going to tell. Oh, he's going to be under oath. They're asking, what's he asking point black? Oh, just say no, right, Fraser? Well, and Fraser just sitting there very silent. And he's like, Fraser? Yeah. It's not that simple. You heard what he said, I'll be under oath. Oh, God. And now, like, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Miles, here, put your head between your legs. I'll get you some water. <laughs> Try and take a deep breath. If I could take deep breaths, it would mean I could breathe. <laughs> Sorry, just a bit like that. Wait, that's why now there's a triangle on. Drive the hatchback. In fact, it goes back to him like we... Then wrote what like this, stick in like this, this is why Niles lives with the Shangri La and drives a hatchback. Reminds me like the bit of the other by reasoning a bit of my mother's decision with Vermin. News <laughs> <laughs> love like they're all like, oh like it'll be easy to discredit us and they're all they're all like yeah. Oh god, this is gonna kill them. The idea of Fraser again being a stickler for his ethics come mm. back up again. But we get into the kitchen and Martin's like, You're really not gonna go down there and blow this for him, are you? Dad, and there's nothing more I'd like to do than help my brother, but I'd like to find a way without violating my ethics. But Maris is the one responsible for this divorce. Niles' feelings for Daphne had nothing to do with it. Now you cover her, Niles. We won't be doing anything wrong. Dad, we're talking about perjury. Where is that ever acceptable? Oh, you want an example? Fine. Let's say, uh, what if there was a comet hurling towards the Earth? Oh, for God's sake. And you were the only person who could save her, but the only way you could do it is by lying under oath. Would you do it, Len? To save mankind from a comet? <laughs> <laughs> but you won't lie for Niles. Oh, God's sake, no, I'm going to start And since I've left, no, no way my brother's out there in pain. He takes a sip of the water. Isn't that Niles' water? I'm just thinking it's cold, not too cold. And he comes up, Niles? And then he's like under here, and he's under the piano. And he's like, the piano, Niles, please, please, just come out from underwear. Things are not that bad. Not that bad? Daphne's going to find out about this. Not if you, Martin's like, not if you crawl out before she gets home. <laughs> Niles, please, come out of here. Oh, come on. Why should I? There's nothing out there for out there for me. It's all lawyers and ex-wives and broken hearts. All I have is to contend with under here is a couple of dust bunnies, some cobwebs, some kind of nest. Dear God, doesn't your vacuum come with any attachments? Alright, just sit tight, we'll get you a wet cloth. Now look what you've done now, I hope you're happy. Well, do you really want to see me lying under oath? The thing you've seen your brother lying under a piano. <laughs> Ned Fraser's like, you know, I can't believe you're being so casual about this. Do you realize you're asking me to do something completely unethical? Oh, for God's sake, don't look even now. Yes, but that's the point. Ethics are what we do when no one else is looking. For heaven's sake, I learned that from you. Are you saying you wouldn't have any trouble with this? Well, they throw a slight nail to claw fight through the wee gap <laughs> in, the, in the kitchen. Okay, let me tell you something. One time I was on the force, and a guy shot somebody. I caught him, I started reading his rights, and he slipped out of his cuffs halfway through and he swung him before I got a chance to finish. Two months later, I understand, his lawyer asked me if I read him his rights in full. Now, if I say no, this guy walks. This guy's been in and out of jail his whole life. He could have read me his rights. So I say, yes, I did. I read him his rights in full. I lied under oath. Now, you may think what I did was unethical, but I know that in my mind I did the right thing. And then Razor pauses for a while and he's like, Well, Dad, I'm still not sure what I'm going to do. Well, why do you have to be make everything so complicated? I don't know. I just know that I'm never going to figure out anything with you barking in my ear. Where are you going? To get some hair. And then Martin's like, oh, yeah, yeah, run away, just like you always do. Boy, sometimes I don't understand you, brother. I guess some of us deal with tough situations head on, and others just need an escape. 
I do like this scene, by the way, between like the scene of conflict between Martin and mm. Fraser, because Martin it was like like it's not about you know ethics, and it's about helping your family, it's about helping your brother. Then he gives them an example of where like yes, maybe I did something wrong, but I knew I was doing it for the right reasons and everything. Mm. Whereas Fraser's so stickle about like right and wrong and everything, and he like but I got that from you, but he did. Well, sometimes you do need to bend it a little bit. Yeah, I really like that between these two. And also, like this, especially when he gives delivers like the story about the guy about Reed's rights. It's a really great delivery here by John Mahoney. Oh hell yeah! yeah. Whenever it came to like my like the minorly dramatic parts yeah. in the episodes, I always thought, uh, well, I, I can't even single out any of the characters. They were all fantastic because yeah. Fraser's got a real good knack of showing you comedy in many different guises. Plus, they're really great at the dramatic. As well, you know, mm-hmm. that's that's partly why it's such a great show. It's got such range of emotion. They can't have these serious points, and it won't always look out of place, especially when yeah. the actors are delivering it in such a way. Especially from John Mahoney. Oh, totally, totally. So we got to the next year, the day of the deposition, everything. Oh, there's a line when it gets to Niles and <laughs> and Donnie. There's a line here that I love, but I'll get to in a minute. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> So, yeah, we get Maria's like, Dr. Crane, we'll be ready for you in just a few minutes. And then Niles comes in naturally after, um, Fraser, have you? Niles, no, not yet. Daphne's still in the conference room. The place is slurring with Maris's lawyers. Never a man goes around when you need one. <laughs> listen, Fraser, I'm, I'm sorry to put you in this position. Yeah. Niles, it's not your fault. No, listen, I thought of this a lot last night, and I, I realised I got care of caring... Yeah, he's like, carrying on yesterday, and I was yeah. just making it harder for you. You need to do what you feel is right. Well, honestly, I'm still not really sure what the right thing is. Does it make a difference? I've decided to tell Donnie everything about that now. Really? Yes. Then I mean, he can proceed how he sees fit. But why, Niles? Uh, I started to wonder about maybe my feelings after that. He did fix my marriage. Maybe some interest, some level. Maybe Maris knew all along. Came to that's not what drove her to check me. And then, Fraser. Firmly says to him, listen to me, the only reason that marriage lasted as long as it did was because of the effort that you put into it. From the moment you, you slipped that ring onto her bony little finger <laughs> and it slipped right off again. There is no way that this divorce is your fault. I wish I could be sure of that. And Donnie comes in, okay, Fraser, oh, Nath, Fraser, there's waiting for you in the conference room. Don't go way outside, don't go without me, I want to have a word to your brother. Fraser's like, right, uh, I wish I was something I could do, Niles. Well, uh, there is. When you go home tonight, leave a bottle of sherry under the piano. <laughs> and then Donnie's like, wait for me. Right, Niles, I'm really glad you're here. It was something I really want to talk to you about. Yes, I really need to talk to you too. No, me first. Now, the only way this relationship is going to work, Niles, is if we're completely honest with each other. I agree. Well, I've been doing a little digging. I've been finding out you've been holding down to me. Yes, I'm very sorry about that. Well, why didn't you tell me that's where Maris's money came from? Maris's money? Yeah, I mean, you told me that Maris's money, family money, came from timber? It did, it did come from timber. Oh, that's what you really think? Of course, it's true. And that's what all of Maris's friends think, too? All those country club snobs who would kill for a good piece of dirt on someone? What, what are you talking about? For family money didn't come from timber, where did it come from? And then he had them in a folder <laughs> and now just reads that, and then he kind of just gets this expression like, ooh, like... Urinal cakes? I don't believe that all these years of doing enough. The elite looking down there is everybody. She knows all of this. 
She's nice to have her urinal check and eat it too. <laughs> yes, I think we have. I think we now have what is known in the legal profession as a bargaining chip. Oh, you can't you give anything to keep this quiet. Ned Dog's like, all right, let's let me go talk to Maris's lawyers. And then Ryan's like, Ned like, no, no, no. There's something who's best delivered in person. May I? Absolutely. And he takes up the he Dottie's phone and he sits down. He puts his feet up on the table. Like, hello, mother. I like to speak to Maris. Oh, why not? Ah, and he puts the phone away and he to the door. She's in the final hour of her gross serenity tray. A week long vow of silence. Day six. No, no, mother. That's all right. Just doesn't have to come to the phone. Just give us a message. No, no, I've flushed out her family's secret. <laughs> and then just as a pause, and Donnie's, Donnie's just laughing, and then there's a bit of a pause, he goes, Hello, Maris. I love it, like, again, like, Night Nails, they're like, Oh, I never get to win, but then they find this move, like, basically, he does win, and he's like, like, The idea of, like, oh, she's all, oh, high and maybe, oh, she's doing this very thing, like, oh. He said, like, first day, she, she knows what I mean. She immediately comes to the phone, like, Hello, Merce. Hey, bitch, I know something you don't know. I know your shit. <laughs> anyway, and then they go to... So it cuts to Kathy Nervosa with Fraser and Nels, and uh, I can't remember the last time I felt this way. The air is sweet, the colours are bright. It's just my senses have come alive. It makes perfect sense, Niles. You've just won your life back. Oh, wait, Fraser, let's just... Excuse me. You guys are weird. Excuse me. Today's blend... Jamaican Blue Mountain. Yes, yes it, it is. is. Niles, that's very good. That's my favourite. Well done. Beans were good on the shady side of the mount northern slope. Don't push it. <laughs> Still can't believe it's all over. I never dreamed I'd get a sediment like that. They would get back my whole life, my apartment, my car, and it all to one amazing man. Well, thank you, Niles, but I can't take all the credit. <gasps> oh, yeah. I know, you're you're thinking of Donnie. <laughs> yeah, well, don't think I'm not grateful for all you did. You know, actually, to tell you the truth, and it hadn't been for me badgering you to change your lawyers, Donnie Douglas would never have come into your life. And then at that point, Donnie comes in, but with Nail, with Daphne and his arm, basically now they are together, and they go, Of course, we mustn't forget Roz's part in all of this. And then Nail's like, Waiter? Who understands why anything happens? I mean, it's remarkable how completely one's life can change in an instant. As he says, I turns around and sees And then up. sees Donnie and Daphne kissing, and pretty like, Oh, Niles. And he gets up. Oh, hello, you two. And they're like, oh, hi. Congratulations, Dr. Kerr. I'm so happy for you. Thank you, Daphne. What are you two doing here together? Oh, well, you know, we talked. Oh, they're talking to each other. Yeah. Oh, you know, we're on the deposition. You got a little hungry. You took me to dinner. Too much wine. We talked. And we laughed a little. Look, look at us. Sound like an old married couple. <laughs> and I know you for you know, if you hadn't brought mouse to me, you know, this never would have happened. You know, I owe you one. Well, we mustn't forget Roz's part in all this. And uh, Donnie smells Daphne says, like, that sentence wonderful. What is that? And now this looks away off like, Jared Bartonolans. Mm. Also, I love how it says here in the transcript. And he says it's a wonderfully active idea with how Pierce in a simple yeah. sad sort of way. <laughs> and then it goes to the credits where Fraser is still the day, you know, because he pours a glass of sherry and then he, he hands one to me glasses under the piano because now it's back under the piano. Oh, this is a this is a good one. This one, yeah, yeah. Just a, just entirely for the hello, Maris. It's, it is great, mm-hmm. and it is sad outcome for Niles and end up. I suppose. Yeah, obviously, because he feel like he's got his life back, but like again, he is changing himself. He knew he was getting divorced, and I don't know. Daffy, he thinks she wouldn't be able to deal with somebody divorced, but 
he did have opportunities to tell her. So in a way, it's it's nobody. It's not really anyone's fault, really. But his, they hadn't told her yet. But like, because no. like, because then obviously he seems all sad and everything. I also it ends in a funny way because he's under the piano again. Yeah. But then it carries into this next episode, and I don't like the way Nell acts in some ways when talking about Donnie. No, I don't. No, I, I feel I feel he's very unfair. I told I told you. I know. I I I have my opinions, so I will keep them professional. Though. Yes. He's not as bad as it would become, but you know, still because it ended like blows up in Nell's face in the next episode, and rightfully so. But. Uh, talking about this episode itself, you know, Donnie has his part to play. He plays it brilliantly. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he really basically helps all these things happen. And then he finally comes to Donnie, gets everything sorted almost like that. And then then on the negative side for Niles, that he and Daphne then seem to be getting all on together. So, uh, what would you give us in terms of a rating, Paul? Oh, thumbs up, definitely. Yeah. I even tend to give it maybe a thumb and a half. Cause, thumb and a half. Because, like, just talking about it, I realise just how good it is because the conflict and the idea of, like, well, the secret, is this the moment, is this the way the secret finally comes out and now, like, oh, I don't want it this yeah. way. And then the argument between Fraser and Martin, the different views and how it help now. And then just simply all comes out because suddenly Donnie's found a way to stick it to, Na- to Maris. And finally, Ma- uh, Niles has that leverage that he's always wanted. He's like, hello, Maris. I will give it a solid thumbs up with merit. Merit. I will not give it more than a solid thumbs up because I know where this storyline is leading us to and it yeah. very much upsets me. So we're into our final episode now, Decoy season, episode 16 of season 6. Uh, Daphne and Donnie are coming into the apartment and Martin talks to them like, Oh, hey, how was your afternoon? Do you know what this wonderful man did? And uh, Martin's like, Oh, Daphne, star. Then she shuts him. She's like, he filled a basket full of my favourite English foods. Blood pudding. Jelly do. Black pudding, woman. Black pudding. Blood pudding, jelly deals, kidney pie. And then he hid it in the shrubs so we'd stumble upon it during our stroll through the park. Oh, yeah. I was a little afraid that someone would, you know, find it before we got there. But, you know, fortunately it was untouched. And then Fraser's like, yes, well, just because it was untouched doesn't mean someone didn't find it. <laughs> and can I just point out where Niall's been a prick in this episode, right? Uh-huh. And whatnot. Do you know something? That where points out why Donnie is a sweet, sweet, sweet man. Mm. He is the sweetest. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That, that, that shows care mm-hmm. and attention. He's a lovely man. Yeah, but now does he, he, all he says, you are with her and I want to be with her, so boo are you. Mm, so, and I say, fuck you, Niles, yeah. and your fucking silliness. Then uh, Niles goes, oh, hello, Dr. Kane. Daphne, Donnie. And I like, hey, Trigger. We really got for you. I think Fessy throws a set of keys in, but honestly, Niles not being very sporty, just sails right past him. Yeah, but he's like, where are these keys to? Your ex wife's lakefront cottage. Now your lakefront cottage. <laughs> There's something I hammered out for you in the settlement. Thank you, Donnie. I never thought I'd see Shady Lynn again. Oh, congratulations, Niles. Yeah, well, looks that- like Donnie really did a job on Maris's legal team. Yes, he certainly is ruthless, all right. Then Daphne, you to as a divorce lawyer, what a callous attitude he must have towards relationships. Mm-hmm. And Daphne's like, oh, you'd think so. Okay, actually, he's quite the opposite. Never met a man so incredibly romantic. Yes, well, I'm sure he seems that way on the outside. Oh, Niles. And I do like the Fraser character comes and like, yeah, oh, stop he's it. Like, he's like, Niles, please, stop what you're doing. It's unseemly enough when she's actually in the room. I'm sorry, what am I supposed to do? You now, for the first time, you know, I, I've known her, I'm free and single, and now she's with... 
Some when I'm always supposed to suffer in silence. Mars like, I'd take that. <laughs> I don't understand what she sees in him. And he goes like, if you if you were Daphne, would you go out with Donnie? And Fraser's like, well, no, but I wouldn't mess that dad's ass for right up here either. <laughs> mine, mine just gives him a look. like, what's that? You try to see? <laughs> look, I'm sorry, Niles, but just Donnie and Daphne seem happy together. Now, either it's true love, in which case it's too late for you to declare yourself, or it's just a temporary infatuation. And I was like, oh, it's got to be. It's got to be like, like but even he's so convinced it's that. But yeah, yeah, Fraser's like, like, in which case it will pass, and then you can make your move. But the Fraser trying to encourage him to like wait to see what it is, but Mel wants to know wait right now. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, and in the meantime, I suggest that maybe you start looking elsewhere. You know, maybe a fr- make a fresh start. Do something to get your mind off Daphne. I know, I know. It's just difficult. Yes, I understand that. Say, we, you know what? I've got an idea. Why don't the three of us go up to that new cabin of yours for the weekend? Oh, I'm sorry, I can't. I got dance for Saturday morning. Well, that's all right, Dad. Niles can go up on Friday night, put things together, and then you and I can drive up on the Saturday afternoon. And that's all. Well, why not? It's a fabulous place there. It's got a, you know, stereo, big screen TV, a sauna, a wine cellar. Perfect yeah. for you guys roughing it in the wilderness. Well, I'm game, you know. And free, free, oh, you go. Now, the fridge is like, well, you know what? I can stop at the butchers, you know, I'll pick up a... A couple of ducks, maybe, maybe, maybe a justly celebrated, maybe, yeah, I, maybe, maybe a justly celebrated duck a la orange. Yeah. And Nails is like, wash it down with some winsome yet robust carbonate. Chambertang. <laughs> yeah, and I'll bring a quart of whiskey in case of snake bite. Dad, there are no snakes out there. All right, I'll bring a snake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, this is great, Nails. You know what? I've got a dish. But you know, that down in the mailbox, drop a letter, but you know. Now, trust me, this is good. you're glad I t- you took my advice. And then he's, ugh. And it's like, I'm gl- I already am. This is going to be a world of good. We got away from Daphne for a while. Yes, I couldn't agree more. As soon as he leaves, Daphne, you want to come see my new Lakeford cottage? And she's like, sounds lovely. When? This weekend. We're all going. You know, you can drive with me on Friday. Dad and will be right behind. He just glance back when he says that. Yeah. We'll be right behind. And then he's like, She's like, well, that's very sweet, Dr. Crane, but can't. one of my cousins is going to San Francisco this weekend and I promised I'd fly down. That's a shame. Yeah, Donnie's not too thrilled about it either. He wanted to come with me. He's not? No, and it would have meant staying in a hotel to go, and I'm not sure we're ready for that yet. I suppose you think that's a bit old-fashioned. Dear God in heaven, no. You can't force these things. You have to wait for the moment when you know it's right. Yes, and sometimes the moment is, comes around, never comes around, and you have to just move on. But I really appreciate the invitation. I hope you'll invite me again. All right. Definitely. How'd you like to see a new Facebook cottage? Silly. <laughs> All right. Last well, day, she hits him on the shoulder, and he he hits it. He hits her as well, and then he goes to take off and Wilson. I didn't even think about this, but I didn't realise until this point in the series that Roz didn't know about... I just assumed everybody but Daphne knew. Yeah. But then, I do. I think I bet you it's a case of like, the writers, and they're like, oh, fuck, we never had a thing where Roz found out. Look, okay, let's do it here. Don't you get it, though? Where I get so aggrieved about it, because, like... In this right, episode, I can. In this episode. Well, it gets his life back, blah, 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 right? Daphne and Donnie are lucky enough to fall for each other. Mm-hmm. So it's very good. And do you know what? Donnie deserves it. He's a good man. Very sweet man. Mm-hmm. But the minute Niles is free from Maris, he's yeah. like, right, back to the pursuit again. Yeah. You know? And 
Hell, God forbid anyone has the cheek to fall for Daphne. I'm to fall for Daphne. Yeah. He does not go th- about things in the right way. He seems shocked that, he, that someone else has fallen Daphne, but surely whatever he sees in Daphne, how can he be surprised that other people see the things that he sees? And how can he be so dismissive of Donnie? I know. You know, Donnie is a very a very intelligent man, very mm. smart man, and obviously a very sweet and caring man. And yeah, they're obviously, obviously very caring and everything, and we get an insane to when we talk, we talk with Ross here in this next scene. But yeah, I, I do agree, well, especially in this scene. Like, again, I know you're going through divorce, and you, but you were separated for days, and they and they talk about it in this scene as well, but like, so you had a chance to like make your, your move at, at some point. But because of your cowardness... And all like, and now you say, oh, good, Susan, I feel now you were convinced you were going to do it, but even as a small part of me, even thinks even if it, now that he was free, even then he would have probably, part of him still would have chickened out of properly telling her. Yeah. Because when he actually confronted with that moment. But anyway, so Roz is, uh, sees see Martin Nails in, in, uh, in Gavin Roz, oh, this place is changed, man. And they offer him to sit with her. Yeah, then Martin's like, hiya, Roz, you can have my seat, I'm on the way to Duke's. Yeah, so how's the war treating you? Like dirt, my social life is nice. This is every time I met a guy who's halfway decent, all I do is mention that guy a kid and he runs out here like cheaper penny penny house. Oh, well, maybe you and Niles can cheer each other up. Dad. Why, what's his problem? Oh, Daphne's got a new boyfriend, it's eating him up. Dad. Dad. Wait, what? you got a thing for Daphne? What, you didn't know that after all these years? No, I can't believe Daphne never told me. Well, how could she? She doesn't know either. You're kidding. Yes, yes, he's a great kidder. Now you, Dad, run along and be very careful crossing streets. Six years, I can't believe it. Some people just don't know when time to pull a plug. And then he shows back, and they all shows him, well, I won't make that mistake twice. <laughs> oh, oddly dark, children. Uh, and then Ross is like, so let me get this straight. Oh. You've been hot for Daphne all this time, and you never made a move? I was a happily married man. You were never happy, and you've been separated for almost two years. Well, somehow the night right moment never came along. Oh, come on. I, I'm i not trying to make you feel bad. It's just waiting all this time and now she's got a boyfriend? <laughs> My God, that is really pathetic. <laughs> oh, so you never let someone you've gone care for deeply pass by you? Well, sure I have. I'm not talking about when the migrant workers leave and a picking season. <laughs> <laughs> no, really. I've had a couple boyfriends I shouldn't let get away. Yeah, like who? Yeah, in fact, I can name one right off the top of my head. That Laura I gave you, Donnie. Really? Yeah, I mean, you only know him professionally, but he's very funny, warm, thoughtful. We were we were together about six months, but he really wanted a family, and I wasn't ready, so I dumped him. Now I have a family, but no Donnie. Gee, I wonder who he's seeing these days. And I nails just starts laughing. Though. Yeah, and she's like, what's so funny? I'll tell you, Emmett, it's just you've been having all the fun. <laughs> so... So tell me. Donnie, Daphne's boyfriend. That's not funny. When did this happen? Well, she met her while working on my case. Wow, and I was calling you a loser. Well, you didn't call me a loser. In my head, I did. Until <laughs> like the idea, like, she's all laughing, I'm laughing at his expense, like, oh, it's a better than her expense. He's like, that's not funny. Yeah. <laughs> well, at the moment, I have to agree with you. Uh, I've had you know, all this plenty of time to tell Daphne, you know, and I always chickened out. Oh, don't blame yourself. She's living with your brother, working with your dad. It's an awkward situation. Yes, well, don't feel bad about that. It wasn't right for you at the time. Nobody's fault. Thank you, Niles. Hey, listen. Next time you find somebody you like, don't wait so long to tell her. Oh, I've got a babysitter waiting. 
Mrs. Hines is 70 years old and has a mole like Abe Lincoln, but I bet she has plans for the weekend. No, this is a crazy, a crazy idea. My settlement, and I was, I'll my marriage includes a beautiful lakefront cottage, and I'm going up this afternoon. Why don't you come along? We can bring Alice. Are you serious? Well, Fraser and my dad are coming tomorrow, but tonight, everybody's just a little love, love losers licking our wounds, laughing at our pain. Gee, I don't know. Oh, well, Fraser is making a duck a la Rhodes. I'm bringing a wine, so what about it? Well, I never thought I'd say this, but you're on. Oh, it's funny, you know, how it reminds me of a wonderful moment in Streetcar Named Desire with that brutally Stanley and that ultra, says the ultra-fine Blanche. Well, I've, we've had this date for, from the beginning. Well, I don't know what the play all that well, but I can tell you right now, I'm all that, all that refined. Actually, I was picturing you more Stanley. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll let him off a lot because that was a funny line. Mm -hmm. But he's still a prick. How did how the hell did Roz describe Donnie? Thoughtful, warm, caring, uh -huh. wanting a family. Yeah, so he's always also been the way that he is with Daphne. No, he's it's not just on for show. You know what I mean? He's a very very nice man. Mm -hmm. But now all of a sudden they get this plan fucking walking ahead of her a bit to see. Mm. Mm -hmm. I, there I am. I shake my fist at nails. Yeah, I can I can pretend this is wine and you know, act like I'm all cultured and such. Shambatan! Let's just we'll just cap off the bell, shall we? Wine? Uh, it's a bit early for us. Well, what are you doing up then? <laughs> is that, that the bottom film? Yeah. No. Phoebe! Unboiled egg! Beep, hello? Who is it? Beep, it's Mr. Dwight. <laughs> Beep, he's not here. Can I take a message? Anyway, we're not talking about that right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's better, will probably just be for us. But yeah. Yeah. Anyway, where are we? Beep. And then Donnie. Now Donnie comes into now the late front cottage. Hello, hello. Oh, so glad you could make it. Well, Look. thanks for inviting me. Now, wow, this is a great place to get some work done with no distractions in sight. And then Roz comes in from the kitchen. Oh, Donnie, why didn't you? Oh, that's right. You, were, you know each other, don't you? Oh, and they, they see each other. I didn't know you were going to be here. Well, this is going to be fun. Now, no, it's got to put the seat somewhere. Like, I didn't know you got to be here. This is Roz saying that. Man. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh yeah, so the bedroom's upstairs. Be careful, you don't want to wake Roz's baby, she's in that first room. He's like, oh, you got a baby? Is it married? No, she's free as a bird. Yeah, I'll try to be quiet. And then Roz's like, what the hell is this? What do you mean? I just thought the two of you might enjoy reminiscing about all the good times you've shared. Oh, oh don't. Now, Danny's seen Daphne, and I'm not going to be the kind of person who steals... Oh, can I do that? Wait, yeah, please, sure, please, sure. please, I love that. Sure, sure, sure. He comes in and he's like, what do you mean? I just thought the two of you might enjoy reminiscing about all the good times you shared. Oh, no, you don't. Donnie's seeing Daphne, and I'm not the kind who steals other people's boyfriends. Not friends' boyfriends. Not good friends. Not again. Scarpins <laughs> 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 are in her eyes. Not again. Well, as you know, you recall when you went. And I was with him for six months. She'd only seen him four three or four times. They're not even slept together yet. What? How would you know? She told me. I don't want to be a bad guy here, but... You did have him first, and what well, he did, he did want a life with you. Listen, there's no way that I'm going 
She hasn't slept with him? She's English. Why don't you just admit it? You're just doing this because you want Daphne. Yes, 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 I want Daphne. Well, I think we belong together, and I think you and Donnie belong together. So why should two people have when four people could be ecstatic? Well, you got a point there. No, 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 it's just too, just not right. And then Donnie comes out holding it, and I was like, Roz, I swear I didn't wake her. She was already like this when I went in to look at her. Oh, look at her sweet little face. Her name is Alice. Hi, Alice. I'm Tony. She's unusually right. Let strangers hold her. Uh, I've always been pretty good with kids. Come on, Alice. And he's up. Like, she's like, how's my hair? <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, Fraser, Fraser Martin coming like, no, ah, Dad, Fraser, what are you doing here? Oh, my dad's got sick. We had to reschedule. Oh, no. Oh, no. It's just a head cold. Oh. And then Fraser's like, oh, God, you haven't even heard the worst yet. The butcher shop was closed, so here I am with all my spices, everything I need to make my duck a la ronge. All I've got is a la ronge. And then Mario looks at the rack of, like, of shotguns and everything. He's like, oh look, we're going to have to get our ducks the old-fashioned way. We better get a move on. There's only a couple of hours of daylight left. Yes, you know. And then Nails is like, yes, you know, I saw some boxes of ammo in the mudroom. Dad, through the kitchen. I mean, like you even say, no, I'm gonna shoot any ducks, it's barbaric. Oh, I get it. You'll eat them, but you won't kill them. What do you think? These things are born all orange? <laughs> and then, like, that does have a point, you know. There is a duck blind across the lake. Yeah. Hey, it'll be such a good opportunity for you two to bond. Niles, what about you? Well, I'll stay here and season the pants. Well, I'm not going hunting. Well, then, well, then I have to drive back to Seattle. I'll find another shop that's open. Come back tomorrow scheduled. What the hell is going on? Are you trying to get rid of us? Oh, that's preposterous. Why should I be trying to? And then Rose comes in. She's like, Frazier, Martin, you weren't supposed to be here until tomorrow. Rose, what are you doing here? Niles brought me. I'm just going to heat a bottle for Alice. And then all the look on, on Martin's face. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, you have to tell all that. Hey, go like, uh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And Martin's going to wink to a blind bat. <laughs> and then uh, but Frazier's looking more like, confused. Like, very <laughs> suspicious. And, yeah. mm-hmm. Like, Rose? Roz. Roz, yes. Why don't you two run along and leave me alone with Roz? Roz? Well, didn't you urge me to make a fresh start? True, but I gotta tell you now, Roz isn't the first start you could make. And then Martin's like, now, butt out, Frazier. At least he wants to be alone together for a while. That's fine. We're gonna go hunting. Now, come on. I'm not going hunting, Dad. Roz and Niles, please, you guys have nothing in common. Frazier, we're not getting married. We're just, you know... Nothing wrong with trying something different. Which is exactly what we're gonna do right now, so come on, let's go get some ducks. Dad. Ah, oh, please, uh, take as long as you need. And he's like, I don't want to go hunting. Oh, come on, did you ever hear the expression two scum made three is a crowd? No, Dad, I never. I don't think I ever did. How does it go? Uh, Dolly comes out like, oh, some papers in the car, and then Martin Dale tries to stop them from going out like, Oh, where'd you park? Up back. Well, you should go to the kitchen. It's the easiest way. Go either way. There's a loose plank on the porch. Niles? And then Fraser comes back. No, no, no. Like, there's, oh. a, like, there's a loose plank on the porch. I already came in that way. Well, you cheated death one, so push your luck. I like that. I like that light in the table. Yeah. So Fraser just goes back through the door. He's like, Niles, one last warning. Take it from someone who knows you both. You and Roz are not a good couple. I understand what you're saying, but believe me, man. I see a new Ross underneath that brazen exterior. She's a sweet, sensitive, shy. <laughs> and Ross says from the kitchen, Niles, have you seen my nipples? 
<laughs> Ruth Ali just comes in, she's like holding out our balls without the wee bits like at the end. She's like, oh no. And then Fraser sitting there with Mark with Martin looking for a duck and like, uh, Hiles and Roz? It's just ridiculous. Oh not this again. Oh, it's just completely incompatible. Well, haven't you heard about opposites distracting? I mean look at your mother and me. We were together for six months. We went together for six months. Nobody thought it would last. We had forty happy years together. I've never thought of it that way. Yeah, and then, what are those relationships where people have a ton of things in common? Of course, they always work out real well. Oh, thank you, Dad. Suppose I have some sort of back-end comment and meet and love? Wouldn't it be great if she was flying by right here on her broomstick right now? <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Sam here. And then he starts blowing on his duck call thing. No, no, he's like, no, no, Dad. I told you I'm not shooting anything. All right, blow the duck call. And then, uh, like... Well, you know, if she had no, I keep thinking maybe you and Mom, maybe Niles and Ross can have a chance. Surely do. Blow it again. Hey, it was the thing. Like, you know, I didn't discourage Niles. You know, I hope I didn't discourage Niles too much, but I regret it. You know, he puts so much stock, in my opinion. That's Fraser's ego there. Yeah, blow it, Fraser. He blows the duck call. I didn't I, mean... I, I didn't mean the duck call. <laughs> And it goes back to uh, the cottage, everything down. Like, yeah, I remember that time in Kenku when the car broke down and it was a rider. Oh, the donkey! Yeah, and I was, you to hear this. And then, oh god, I didn't realize the time it was so late. I get to get these things fast. You know, do you mind? Yeah. And Niles is like, well, there's one in the study. Yeah. It goes to the wee door and everything. But can't that wait? We're all getting so mellow here. Mm-hmm. You're right, you know, I can wait. But, you know, I need another bottle of wine. You know, I brought one, I'll get it. Excellent, excellent. And he goes to the kitchen and I said, wow, this is going well, don't you think? Yeah, except your dad and Fraser will be here any minute and if either one of them sees Donnie, things are over. They're not going to see time because you're going to invite him to come watch the sunset you're down by the lake where you're going to continue work his your charms on him. Then you're going to invite him up to dinner, and who knows where that'll lead. Well, I'm not saying we both know where that's going to lead. You really think it'll work? Yes, yes, yes. And at that point, Fraser goes, like, no, go down and enjoy the romantic sunset. I'll be there, I'll stay here with the baby. Oh, for heaven's sake. You're not going to let her go down and enjoy the sunset by herself? Fraser, what are you doing back so soon? I came back for more ammo. Who knew ducks were so shifty? <laughs> Listen, I know that you took my advice to heart, but I tell you, I've changed my mind. I now approve of you and Roz. What? Yes, yes, the two of you should go for it. Okay, come on, off you go, let's go. I don't think this is a good idea. Why not? Yeah, I've changed my mind too, I'd rather stay here. What? You know what, you guys are putting far too much stock in my opinion. Again, Fraser's fucking yeah. eager. Come on, let's go down to the lake, let's enjoy the sunset. What? What? No, 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 we're down to the lake. And then Fraser manages to nails in the other door, Donnie. You gotta, he doesn't, comes out, there's no one around, he goes up to Alice's uh, bedroom, like, it's okay, honey. Yeah. And, uh, then Fraser. Niles is like, Niles gets back in again, and he's like, alright, you wait here, I'll get Donnie. He goes to the kitchen, and he goes, you know, Roz is heading down to the lake to catch that sunset. He goes to the door, then Fraser pushes him out, yeah. well, why don't you go with her? Uh, Roz, like, I'm really worried about leaving Alice here alone. Well, listen, I will attend to the baby. I'm just about to give myself a cup of tea anyway. Come on, let's go. Mark, both of you, out that door. 
I guess I'm a medic since that I had to drag you out there by myself. And then, uh, Fraser and Ross and Niles leave, and then. Uh, they leave, and then Daphne comes in. Yeah, and then Fraser's like, good. Oh, that's it. Fraser's like, good lord, I just can't believe what two of them. Ridiculous behaviour. My God. And then, goes, oh. and then Daphne goes, Daphne. And she's like, I'm sorry, did I startle you? No, no, it's quite right. just that uh, I've now seen you here. You never... Well, forgive me for having not, not been here to greet you. Oh, you wasn't expecting me. My plans changed and I thought I'd drive up and join you all. Oh, well, that's very nice. But you have to leave. Why? Well, you see, now is up here for someone well, I would call you, if you birth call a dirty weekend with someone. Ooh. Yes, and that someone happens to be Roz. Roz? You mean Roz Roz? Yes, you know, and you got to get out of here. But I just drove two hours and it's getting dark outside. All right, all right, I'll tell you what. There's a, there's a nice bed and breakfast up the road. I think that you and me stay there this evening. All right, if I don't mind. I'll just use the bathroom first. All right. And then you're then like... And here's Elsa, oh my god, and he goes up to you and then they come and they think Ron, Donnie's upstairs, like, where's Donnie? Well, he can't be in the kitchen, Fraser would have seen him. And he goes, he goes oh, the door to Elsa's room is open, we'll go up there, he goes, you keep looking at he goes up. Okay. I'll take over here, why don't you go join Ron, and then, oh. For the love, and then Fraser enters through the room, and he's like, for the love of God. He's holding, I... he's holding the kid, I think he's slowly <laughs> just appears, like, for the love of God. <laughs> if I'd known the two of you were going to take my words this seriously, I would have chosen them more carefully. For God's sake, get out of here. Get down to Latin Lake. You no, know, I really think we should check on Alice. No, no, baby's right. Baby is fine. It's birthed her. And she went right out like a light. Come on, go now. And then Alice notices Donnie is in the, the, the room with like, the fashion. And he goes over there and he puts like, the chair in front of him. Like, yeah. No, no, Adrian, I think we're comfortable right here. And then while he's doing that phase of trying to block the room with, uh, with Daphne, so they're both trying to <laughs> hate things from each other. Mm. And he's really, like, Oh, because Daphne tries to get back in and Fraser slams the door and he's like, oh, on the other hand, you know, you can enjoy the fire all night long. You've only got ten more minutes for that sunset. And Mark goes, like, what are you going to say? No matter what, I'll still tell it's almost sunset. Don't, Don't tell me, tell them. Uh, is, there a ba- is that the bathroom? No. Yes, it is. It's out of order. Let me talk again. He looks in. <laughs> My God, one of the pipes is bursting. <laughs> Fine. There's a one down the hallway there? No, that's out of order too. Oh, good. This, this is why I brought all that beer. You know, Niles, you're behaving awfully strangely. What the heck is going on? What do you mean? I mean that you show absolutely no desire to be alone with Roz. I'm starting to have serious doubts about this so-called romance. Oh, really? You do? It's like so-called you? Come here, Pokey. He's a big snog. <laughs> and then Donnie, why did you just get back in and notice he's like, that's why the door was stuck. You two, why didn't you tell me? Donnie. And then Donnie? Fraser says Donnie as he misery the door that big person. Uh, Donnie? Daphne. And then, as he said Daphne, he drops Ross on the floor. Uh, <laughs> and Fraser's like, what are you doing here? Well, oh. Niles invited me. Oh, did, did he? Yeah, really nice. Really nice of him. Ross and I had a chance to get some more time. So oh, that, that, that's right. You two used to date, didn't you? Well, isn't that nice that now they arranged this little reunion? <laughs> I hope I don't have anything to worry about. Oh, come on, are you kidding? <laughs> and Fraser's like, it's, it's like, you know what? I'll always get out of here. I'll give these two little kids some privacy. You know, we could use some privacy of our own. Dr. Creighton tells me there's a bed and breakfast up the road from here. And I was like, really? And then she's like, really? 
then she goes away and then he goes out and I say I think it'd be more fun if we go together oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so all of a sudden she's very like is it like I'm very fresh out here recently I know he's like oh good Jack yay oh get my hole get my hole <laughs> then Martin's like well come on Fraser, let's go for a nice sloppy joe I'll pay for it and tells me I'll be paying for it too he goes oh I hope you realise that I, will, I realise now that you two don't need either thing, so I'll just leave you to it and I'll just leave you with this and it blows his me yeah. up so he realise like I know you, what you two are up to you couple of bastards <laughs> like, and then like it ends with Martin leaving his face he's a, he's a he's paper in Fraser's apartment and he blows the meat up so Eddie gets up and runs away <laughs> and comes out with a wee plastic duck which I think was funny Oh, and then we've come to the end of the last episode. Before we go into the wrap up, Paul, your thoughts on this episode overall? I mean, I know you said you had your opinions, but I have my opinions. But that. Overall, overall, I believe it to be a very funny episode. Mm-hmm. Very funny. I I do believe that Niles is a prick in this episode. Quite mm-hmm. frankly, that is the only way to term him. He is uh-huh. a prick, and you know that Roz is very easily led. Yeah. Roz is very easily led into suggestion, which does not shine very brightly in her either. I think it shows that she's like again, like she talked about how when she in the early season she was like basically more about a good time, and now she's got a kid, and then she realizes she lets somebody go. But yeah, so the so Niles is very quickly able to convince her. But you see, not only is Niles doing something selfishly for his own means, he's also being manipulative too. Yeah. And under the guys, oh, I try to help you as well. The whole yeah. like like the line is very interesting. That. Why should two people be happy when four can be? Yeah, he's been shamelessly manipulative and he's being very selfish. Like it does not shine a very bright light on him, but it does not. It does not. Uh, uh, it does not let Roz off either because she should know. Yeah. But like you know. the idea of like he said, like four people being ecstatic, like it's if like after Daphne realised the dog Donnie went to Roz, they'll so she'll so easily be willing to go with Niles, even if he tells her how mm. he feels. It's very selfish on his part, I agree with you, but it does, when the, in the cabin, it does do a thing that Fraser does very well, and the idea of, like, people with different motives and different understand, misunderstanding yeah. going all different directions. Yeah, well, that's so, very yeah, funny. Well, that's like, very, like, the ski lodge, yeah, if you think of it. Yeah, obviously, given the cabin and everything, not as good as ski lodge, but there is the whole thing, like, yeah. Fraser's trying to, like... Like, try to at least give them advice, but also then tidying a thing of his own way, trying to block the bathroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but if you think about it, when Fraser's doing it, he's doing it to try and save Niles' feelings. He's doing it. But then it we, comes from a place of goodness from Fraser. Yeah, you also, you selfishness. Almost, you almost blurts out why Daphne, Niles can't see her here, and then he realizes, like, wait, no, she doesn't know, and he, yeah. it shouldn't come from him, even though well, actually in the end it does end up coming from him yeah. when you think about it. But no, Fraser. Fraser's got a pure heart in this one. Yeah, although it, also his ego is fully on display, thinking that oh, they care so much about what I think. Oh, like, has, don't, give, he, don't give yourself that much. Credit, his ego is always on display, but I think he's been very nice in this one because mm-hmm. he before he realizes, and I think he realizes very quickly, he has his suspicions that something's not quite legit. Yeah, and then as soon as he tries to his garden, and then quickly, lets the garden briefly, and then. <laughs> Pushes them further, trying to push them further into this lie, which then they're trying to like, skirt around, try and get away out of it. Yeah. And while try to keep it under wraps, what they're really trying to do. So, really, you think of it, the, the final act of this episode really is really a lot more clever than some might realise on the surface I of it. I think you could call the final act of this episode as karma, bitch. Karma, very much so, yeah. Because 
we both try and pull a fast one, we both end up stuck with each other. And they end up, yeah, they end up with nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so that just proves that pricks get nothing. But also, Razor is right to be suspicious because also all he's done with Nails in that is that Nails. Hostility and. And like. She get punched and pot shots at, uh, uh, at Rose. Mmm. So of course he's right to be suspicious. Oh, of course, of course. But, and I said that. Rating wise, this episode's been a firm thumbs up all the way here. Oh, where, yeah, is this yeah. gonna, where is this going to land on you? A firm thumbs up? A, thumb, a firm thumbs up. I will not, I will not. I will not be negative towards the episode because just because of Niles' bad attitude. Hmm. But I like the thing with, with back and forth between Roz and uh, and Niles in the cafe, especially. Like it's nice to just to see Roz get a focus in an episode because the more quite a bit in the middle part of the Frasier run, she kind of doesn't get more than a scene or so in an episode. So it's mm. good to see from the run. So I give her some thumbs up. And then the last wee bit, the shenanigans make up a little bit for the weird. The, yeah, the dickishness of of Nails, especially in the early part of the episode. I like the so, way you put that with dickishness of him. Yes, like like cunty fucking behaviour. Yes, I'm, I'm I like coming up with weird phrases, word and descriptions for people. Like like when it's great when wrestles that badly, the dick baggery. I'm still proud of that one. I know, I know, it's got nothing to do with Fraser, but you know, um, in the gentleman. Yeah. When the when the journal guy gets kidnapped. Yeah. Yeah. When he when he calls one of the four a spunk <laughs> bubble, I find that quite amusing. <laughs> anyway, he delivers it. Oh, spunk bubble. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, so firm thumbs up all across the board for these four episodes. It's been a hell of a, a journey across the episodes. It has. It's been a fun journey. Well, I've enjoyed every episode. Yeah, the, <laughs> the first two were their own self-contained things, but I like the fact that the next two carried on a story that crossed not only across the episodes, but will carry across the season. So I like the fact that. It's fun to have like fun, though memorable, like inter- like self-contained stories. But sometimes you want a more, yeah, con- a more con- rounded thing, more continued narrative, if it, as it yeah, were. Yeah, even if you don't like the ultimate no. destination of the no abo English. <laughs> even if you don't like where the narrative all ends up, sometimes it's just nice to have one, have an actual story. Yeah, going yeah, the quite right, quite right. Well, this has been a fun ass journey, Scott. It really has. It's been a hell of a journey. And I've enjoyed doing my my Daphne accent. It's been fun. <laughs> I enjoy doing the Daphne accent as well. I don't know as a, I don't know who does a better Daphne accent. I wasn't really listening I, to I, your Daphne I accent. Think it's me personally. It's just my opinion. She she's in an episode of Seinfeld, but a couple episodes of Seinfeld. Actually. Although he just jumped along. She's in Seinfeld. Like no, I was watching this Seinfeld, and then they see you go over. So like, is that Jane leaves over there, and then she comes over. That like, fucking is. But she, I don't notice at first because she has more of an actual voice. She goes in between her own voice yeah, and the Daphne got, voice. She's got a lot deeper voice. She goes in between her own voice and the Daphne voice and every in a wee bit. So she's she's English, but not trying to be like, oh, I'm from Manchester. But no, really. No, yeah, I did that. I'm actually very posh in real life. I did life. that the first time I went and seen you know the the, the horror movie Pet Cemetery. Uh huh. The very first time I watched that, I was sitting looking at it, uh-huh. and you know the old guy. Uh-huh. I sit and watch them. I go, I know you. And then I went, Herman Munster. That's who you are. <laughs> That's Herman for the old monsters. Yeah. One of the last things he did before his passing was play the judge in something. And <laughs> something you don't even know the thing. I read it on Wikipedia. It was yeah. passing information. Yeah, I was like, oh, uh. you just put it on Wikipedia, did you? Yes, I did. Yes, you did. Yes, I did. Yeah. And it was it was great, factful information on Wrongopedia. Well, uh, it was a hell of a journey we took, as you said, 
I look forward to coming back for episode 17, 18, 19, and the next time we do Fraser, whatever that is, a month or so from now. But I'm like looking Eons ago. But I'm looking forward to it because one of the episodes in there is called The Dinner Party, and that's an episode I put in my perfect season of Fraser. And so I'm looking forward to delve into that. That episode. disappoints me for the mistake I made today as we were going into recording, thinking that we were not doing 13, 14, 15, 16. I thought we were doing 14, 15, 16, 17, and I thought the dinner party would be part of our. Sadly, as a thing today. But on the bright side, it means it's the first episode we're going to talk about next time. I know! What a time to be alive, eh? I know! <laughs> Tell them, Monica. With your, I know! I know! <laughs> I'm engaged. <laughs> I thought it was a kid I on the balcony. You know. I thought it was a kid on the balcony shouting, "I'm gay." But then again, you're. <laughs> but then again, you're both, aren't you? I'm gay. I'm gay. <laughs> See, only good friends like this would be able to make jokes like that. Yay. <laughs> Anyhow. Yeah, really gay engaged man. Yay. Good for you. You should Good be for me and you, my, my blue drink. You deserve to be as miserable as anybody else. Hurrah! <laughs> <laughs> as you can tell we've had some drinks in the episode, I don't know if we mentioned it. Blue drink. And a properly drink that I'm drinking. I'm having here. and since since El Dorado are late to the fucking party here, for local, I'm looking at you. <laughs> Are Sponsor you? us. Yes, I am. Look. Hey, it's a blue drink. <laughs> but, no, no, just, come on, just, for local. Just sit on the side of the can. Blue. It's blue flavor. Blue is not a flavor. For one it, thing. It could be. And then this is just a hypothetical in case we're, we're jumping on something here and getting in trouble. Are we? But it could be Scott and Paul's Rambling Podcast brought to you by For Local. That would be cool if that was true. Paul's, but it's not true. Paul's blatant shelling this aside. Well, thank you for joining us on our food uh, journey. What do you think of this journey? What do you think of the episodes that we've talked about? I, what do you think of Donnie as a character in the world I, of Frasier? I think the episodes that we've talked about are, are all really good episodes. Like you said, the first two were not tied. They were just good episodes. Yeah. You know, and the, the tie-in with the second two we did, really good. I actually think the quality of the episodes went up as, the, as we went along. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Because the worst thing you can do is talk about a good episode and then slowly but surely go but down in regards quality. to how I find Donnie as a character, I, I, from day one when Donnie appeared, I loved Donnie. Mm-hmm. I, I, I really did love Donnie. And I'll be honest, see the very first thing, like when I was first watching Frasier and running through the episodes, actually, when we get to the, the meat of it, yeah. When we get to the, the sad part of it, uh-huh. I actually felt a little sad and emotional for Donnie. Mm-hmm. I really did. Uh-huh. Like, it hurt me to see him hurt. And I felt the same way with Mel, too. Yeah. You know, I, I think both of them were done very wrong yeah. in the end up. But I love Donnie. Uh-huh. I think he's a very funny character. I love that episode, like, uh, the episode will come up to, I'm sure, in season Remind me if it's six or seven when I mention it. The one where Martin does the stakeout. Okay, I remember it. Anyway. You know what one I mean, yeah, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Donnie's good in that one. And uh, I just I just think Donnie's cool. He's very sweet to Daphne. He's, and they end up, I believe, and you know, I'll probably get a lot of hate on the Fraser group for this, but I think he's a lot sweeter to Daphne than she deserves in the end up. Huh. But again, that's something for far in the future for us firmly to decide. Yes. You listeners of our show, you will not probably like my opinions, but I will make them very fair and very, very professional. I'm going to do my best to try and 
make just this diplomatic discussion all the while. I will try. You. I will try not to drink too much when I get to those episodes because I will become volatile. Please don't. I'll, I'll smoke weed, and probably become mildly volatile. Yeah, choose the weed over the drink for those episodes, but probably. But for you, there, Fraser fans or fans of us, what do you think of these episodes of Fraser? Do you think of Donnie's a character? Let us know, and please make sure if you haven't already checked our previous Fraser episodes and the episode where I talked about perfect episode Fraser and. What do you people think of Cassandra? Yeah, because you know it, Cassandra will come into it more so in the episodes to come. I'll give you a spoiler for that thing ahead. I think she's good, but not as good for Fraser as Faye was. I'll give you a spoiler for where my opinion lies on that one. I completely agree with you on that one. See, I love how we can, even all that all easy, we find little things that we still agree on. That's why we're friends. Anyway. Faye. Fabulous Faye. <laughs> I know. Oh, I'm at the speed. <laughs> <laughs> Cassandra. <laughs> anyway, we, uh, but... We make sure you check out our, pa- our back catalog of past three episodes. <laughs> Fast. I ep- said we we. <laughs> what? Well, you said we and then we. I stumbled. We we. Fuck off. <laughs> we make sure you check out past three episodes that we've done, and uh, our other series called the Clyde Gets Space. We're going to do another one very soon. Uh, we'll tell you when we get closer there. But we're also our wrestling with the content are in your house series. We did a recent one last week. We did. In your it house, was good. alive. Le, le, in your house was not good, but our review was. The first two matches were good, but in a month or so time, we're going to do in your house. It's time. But if you want to bridge the gap in the meantime, go back a couple of years in our back catalog and look at our review of of Survivor Series 1996 the pay in the middle where Sid proves that he's the man he's the master who's the man and the ruler of the world yes and what a fucking pop he got at that Survivor Series man next week we are going to be looking at uh, Impact Wrestling we're going to talk about uh, about Sacrifice we're going to talk about the multiverse of that so we're going to talk about all the weird shit that happened on the way to uh, we're in Wrestlemania weekend and in the week following that we're going to have another one where we're going to talk about... All right, we're going to go back to From the Vault. We're going to look at the Royal Rumble 1983 as part of a tribute to the late Scott Hall. It was his first... It was his only uh, WF Championship match. Yeah. Uh, one-on-one, <laughs> where he takes on Bret Hart. We have Shawn Michael taking on Mario Gennetti on that show. We have all sorts of... We have the debut of the Narcissus. We on do. Show. And uh, one of the strangest Royal Rumble finishes, maybe ever... Maybe, yeah, maybe. We'll talk but about we, we also have a very interesting participant in that Royal Rumble. Yeah. We have uh, Carlos Colon, who is the father of Carlito. And Primo. And Primo. I did not know he was the father of Primo. Yeah, Primo and... Primo and Epico. Primo and uh, Carlito are brothers. Epico is their cousin, so he's right, the nephew right. of Epico. So he's the nephew of Epico. He's the nephew of Colon. No, you know, he's the uncle of Epico and the father of Primo and Carlito. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. And I believe yeah, I believe a running joke has been that the fact that he called them all a young upstart. He's in his forties when he came. Yeah, in that yeah. Show. I could, I could. Even when I was young, I could tell that. I was even when I was a little kid. The first time I seen that rumble, I was like, he looks old enough to be my dad. One of those old terror wrestlers where you could see his forehead is all cut because he's been you know yeah, playing yeah, too yeah, much. Yeah, that's a that's a fucking that's a that's a fucking seasoned vet. Right? Yeah, but anyway, We're, wearing wearing. Tangerine shorts. We've got those two WrestleMania shows. We've got Eclectic Escapades. We've got more Frasier-related stuff coming up. We've got Impact 
and all sorts in your house. We've got shitloads. We're actually booking up a proper schedule. We're being organised. Aye, like, fuck aye, aye. We, 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 we know we're talking about whether or not we'll ramble and go off subject is uh, another story entirely. <laughs> F. F. When? <laughs> F. F. Is. But anyway, we eventually got to the end of these four episodes and we didn't have to cut it short like last time and cut to one episode to the next time. Huzzah! I good, just cracked my elbow. Good for us, for once. But anyway, from from my colleague Paul, I have been Scott, and... Give me a moment and I will have been Paul. <laughs> I have been Paul. I was getting my red drink. <laughs> yes, you see, famous his blue drink, now he's got a red drink. What yes. is your red drink? My red drink is... Fruit punch flavour. Aha. But anyway, as you can tell, we've opened Paul and Scott, and that has been our episode on Fraser. And we thank you for listening to our insane ramblings about Fraser. And we hope if you have a, you, your opinion differs from us, please tell us on Twitter at SBRambling or on Facebook.com forward slash Boys. But do it in a constructive way. Don't be a dick about it. Hell yeah. And we also bid you good day, and as Fraser would say, good mental health. Indeed. Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling Tossed salads and scrambled eggs Oh my And maybe I seem a bit confused Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegs <laughs> But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs They're calling again Scrambled eggs all over my face What is a boy to do? Frazier has left the building.